Okay, so normally we do a great big cold open um, at the beginning of these episodes, but this is going to be one of those sticky subjects, so we kind of got to throw a disclaimer on this one. So, hi, it's Adam, of course, and I'm with Megan and Terry, and um, we are the whitest panel of DMs ever, unless Brad was here. If Brad was here, he would be, he would add some mayonnaise to the to the shade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But I just want to start off by saying, yes, we are discussing humans. Uh, Yes, there are many sort of uh, descriptions in um, both the Player's Handbook and the Sword Coast Adventures Guide about kind of what you can expect physically from the humans. Um, There are definitely uh, ideas and, and tendencies that are pulling from different regions of Earth as touchstones that people are using. This can be seen as uh, as pointing out the differences between real races. And what we're going to do is focus on the stuff that is printed in the 5th edition material. Um, and we understand that Wizards of the Coast has given us the most inclusive uh, possible edition that they could. This has been far better than any of the previous things that they've... Uh, they've published. We don't have uh, Oriental Adventures anymore, which was something from 3.5. Well, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so we're, they're being very progressive, um, both for the LGBT community and for people of different uh, ethnicities and uh, people of color and uh, genders. And anyway, they're doing a great job. But how do you talk about the variety of people without touchstones? And physical touchstones are ways that that people use. So uh, please be aware that we are super hyper aware that this is a uh, very touchy subject and we are not equipped with the appropriate language to handle it. So we're going to muddle through this and do our best as we cover one of the most popular races of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I wish they'd said species, but... Um, <laughs> so what's everybody else in, in under here? Sub-races? Because that doesn't sound good either. Sub-races is, oh what, it's, yeah, yeah. is what it's called, so... Uh, anyway, Dear Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> so there, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a huge push on Reddit right now about are orcs and half orcs racist? It, can you have an evil um, race? Mm. Mm. And uh, what is free will? And are we pigeonholing people? And we are going to set aside that entire conversation and not get into that shit. Yeah. Uh, because, like I say, we are not qualified. We don't have the language. We don't have the the personal history or the ethnic history or anything to be able to accurately have any sort of comment on that. So we apologize in advance if we're a little obtuse. Uh, you can, of course, reach us at info at itsmimic.com if you have any uh, comments or complaints or anything. And we will, of course, keep show notes updated as they come. And uh, and we're going to try to stay as, um, as politically correct as possible. Uh, it just occurred to me that this is also the most ethnically diverse because we have uh, someone from a different country and our our only female on the, the podcast as well. That's as the, We're that's making as it work as best as we can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, when this started, as three friends that just happened to be yeah. D&D together. <laughs> it didn't seem like we were, we were going to have this much responsibility. So, yeah. so please do bear with us. We're going to do our best. And uh, w- welcome to Humans. Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast with your DMs, Adam, Terry, and Megan. Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, the roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get. I'm Adam, and with me are Megan and Terry, and today we're talking about humans. So, uh, guys, 
when I said uh, weeks ago that we're going to do an episode on humans, there's a shit ton of things to read about this. Were you surprised? Like at the sheer amount of, of info that is out there about humans? I think I was surprised at how much detail there was. Hmm. We were discussing uh, earlier that, you know, you could do it as a variety of skin tones and eye colors and just kind of, and just mix and match as though you're building a character on a video game. Uh, but I didn't realize that there was so much, uh, like, history to the, the variety of humans that there is in D&D. So I was surprised by the amount of, of content. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like with the humans, they're very separated from each other. So everyone has their own lore. So mm. each one had something different to read about, something different to learn. And it was, to your point, very specific about it was ruled by this person at this time. It was ruled by this person at this time. And then these two were at war. Everybody's covering these their These two own didn't ass. like each other. And I'm just like, this is the human race right now. <laughs> All right. I know, maybe in a way it's, it's a perfect timing to do this episode. Yeah. Oh. So it was just a lot to read for learning about them individually, trying to remember who was who for a while. So. Yeah. And, and for the people at home, we're only covering the ones in the Sword Coast. Yeah. Right, so this is Forgotten Realms and Sword Coast Adventures Guide only. That's where we got our, our resources from. So if there are human settlements down in the Underdark or you are thinking Eberron or Ravnica, we're not touching that shit today. We're just trying to keep it to the base Forgotten Realms um, Sword Coast humans because, my God, there's enough of them. Mm. So um, <laughs> I guess the first thing to uh, to talk about is the fact they're the most recent race to appear in the Forgotten Realms. Right. Right. Everything else seems to have a longer history, um, but they show up and uh, and they've got kind of a reputation because they have lort, uh, lort, short lifespans that focus on conquest and trade. They're innovators and achievers. They're pioneers. They're very, very, very ambitious. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's one thing that you keep coming across in all of the human lore is the fact that they're um, coming up out almost out of nowhere, coming into a region and and um, developing that region for themselves and building uh building borders and walls and castles and kingdoms and towns and and they move in and they they spread very quickly yeah there's no such thing as a typical human it says that right in the right in the book uh physically speaking so there's a wide variety of skin tones and eye colors and hair color and builds um it's funny because they actually will mention in the book that these people from this region tend to be slender or these ones are tall and muscular. And so they, they do point out the physicality difference as well, um, which I was surprised to see, right? It's almost like they discourage you from having a short person from this area or a fat guy from over there, right? Like it's... It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, Genetics. There's... They're strong. <laughs> <laughs> right? Which, which creates a couple of questions that I have, but um, they... Do talk about how they're adaptable. The human race is incredibly adaptable. When they go to different places and different regions, they change radically, both in their physicality and in, in what they can accomplish. Is that over a few short generations or within a lifetime? I think it's happen? implied the Forgotten Realms um, timeline is long. Right. Um, it's, it's very, very long to the point where it's called the Forgotten Realms because there are entire kingdoms and civilizations that have been lost. And the idea of going on dungeon delves and and exploring ancient ruins is inherent in Dungeons and Dragons, and that's why um, the Forgotten Realms is is the way that it's built, so that you can go digging and finding ancient treasures and old magics and that kind of stuff, sure. right? And so the idea that there are a lot of things that have longer lifespans than us is a very Tolkien kind of feel to it, 
Um, especially because that's the big romantic subplot of Aragorn, right? And uh, and Arwen is the fact that he has a short lifespan. And it's only 200 years because he's a special kind of human, right? But she could live forever. And that's like a major issue in Lord of the Rings. And that you can really feel the echo of that in in common fantasy uh, games, specifically D&D. So, um, but as adaptable and ambitious as humans are, they're also opportunistic. Incredibly so. They will uh, jump into certain areas with other... Uh, races out there and adopt and innovate based on what other people have done. So they will move into maybe a, a region where there have been giants that have gone extinct and they will then take over that region and then make those ruins work for them, even though they're too large, right? Or they will incorporate elven um, technology or magic into their daily lives very, very quickly. They tend to live for the present, but they also planned for the future. Because they have short lifespans, there's not this huge arcing um, idea of I'm going to devote 800 years of study into this one. Like, no, man, we, I got I got 25 minutes, right? I want to know all this stuff. Write it down in a book so I can read it later. But I, I I've only got a certain amount of time. It's we got to go. I will pay someone but, else to write this down for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put my name on a plaque somewhere. Yeah, but it is definitely a piece. Like, I feel like it's a sense of desperation of making your mark on the world. Legacy, isn't it? Yeah, it's all it's legacy. All legacy. And like, they will do what they can as fast as they can because they only have a certain amount of time, and they leave it to their yeah. legacy to continue and it on. For them. Everybody wants to be remembered. Yes. Yeah, and and they actually talk about how they build institutions, right? Because you cannot sit there and and guard a sacred temple or landmark or item. For the next thousand years to make sure that evil doesn't get it. So you make an order of knights to do it. To hand down the legacies like, like you guys said. So, mm. um, And humans are big on causes. On having a cause to defend and go to war with. And and where, I, you know, you can picture elves going, yeah, that sucks. And live in my tree though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Humans will go, oh, oh my god, we're doing that? Alright, everybody grab your swords. We're going, like... W- Humans are very mob mentality in a yeah. lot of ways. Oh, right? God, yeah, I deal with it every day. <laughs> <laughs> All day, every day. <laughs> they captured that really well. It yeah. is, that's what we do. But yeah. that's why we touched on that when we discussed elves, though, previously, where it's, they've seen it so often and so many times. It's like, oh, the humans are doing that again. They, this generation of humans is upset about that thing. Remember 500 years ago when they were upset about that before? Yeah. 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 It's the ebb, they understand the ebb and flow, whereas humans are, like, in the moment. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's almost like humans don't have any sort of, like, racial memory about stuff, whereas yeah. elves will, will write a beautiful... 10 day long poem that they will sing and everyone will know it, memorize it because they got the time to do it. And humans are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to the end. What's the point of it? I'll yeah. frame it and put it on my wall. That's nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, now they can be xenophobic. It says that right in the... Humans can? Yeah, it says that... <laughs> raise your hand if you're surprised. Um, but, <laughs> but in the D&D world in Faerun, um, they are usually inclusive. So when you have a human settlement, it is not unusual to see gnomes and elves and dwarves and tieflings and dragonborn. If there are, you know, you have those those races in D&D that are like the outcast races, like mm. the Asimars that hide themselves and the tieflings that are scorned and whatnot. Humans don't give a shit. As a general rule, unless they're weirdly superstitious about something, they don't care. Come on in. Will you contribute to our society? Yes. Cool. Let's keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um... Interestingly enough, there's no typical human names. 
I was having trouble really grasping in my head the size of the Sword Coast and Faerun and the continent and, and and all of this that's going on and the like the landscape and how big are the kingdoms and how old and it's it's very strange trying to wrap your brain around what these travel times are. Um, it is there, but there is no real concept of you know how the how the name John exists in like seven different languages, mm-hmm. right? Like there's yeah, and like Kim as well. Yeah, yeah. right. And there are these... one of my D and D characters right now is named Kim. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but there doesn't seem to be a constant idea. Like there are so many different cultures that there's no consistent um, naming scheme all the way through it. Some of them only have one name, or some of them have surnames before given names, and and there's there's quite a bit out there. So yeah. normally you can just assume that the Scottish sounding dwarven name is is <laughs> kind of on par. No one's no one's making a French dwarf as a general rule. There's no reason why you can't, but you don't have a whole lot of dwarves named Pierre. Ideas. Right? Ideas. Yeah. I can feel the energy coming from the side of the room that he would like to do that. But in some of my readings, even in some of the things that I was specifically like looking up into, it, it said specifically in some of them that they actually adopt and adapt names that they just like the sound of. Yeah. So they don't have a naming convention because they're just like, ooh, I like that. Right? Like yeah. even, okay, even in real life, my mom found my name walking at like a credit scroll from her favorite, um, what is it called? Soap opera? Really? And that's how she found my name. Like legitimately. Hmm. So I feel like that is complete human nature. Like I like the sound of that. I'm going to do that. They didn't really care where it came from, what it is. They just liked the sound hmm. and yeah. then they just chose it and adopted it. Well, how, how many people in the real world have biblical names that aren't religious too, right? Yeah. Like just... It's, you know, we like this. We've heard it a lot. There was a show one time. How many fucking baby Khaleesi's exist right now? Oh, yeah. God, right. Like it, it's I get annoyed with new common trendy names, but it's it's a thing people do. I, I think <laughs> I, I think it's that as well. I think humans like in, in our world and Earth, we like to draw from not necessarily just other cultures, but other things to like honor it. For example, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie about the kids, of the good boys. And one of them, the kids, is 10 years old. And he's named Thor. Because clearly his mom watched the first Thor movie 10 oh, years okay, ago. Yeah. Cool. yeah, and then, then there's like Hermione's. <laughs> the timeline checks out, yeah. There's Hermione's <laughs> everywhere. And now there's Katniss and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Katniss was a big one too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's the thing. is like humans in general in our time go with trends. And I feel like they're adopting that into the lore that humans will just take the trend. And I can only, like, I'm vaguely aware of this. I'm sure, Terry, you will have a better insight than I do. But... Um, I just made a joke about like people doing trendy names, right. but the freaking British monarchy does that too, where you have a name until you suddenly rise into power and suddenly you're George the Fourth. Or it's often their middle names. Is it? Is yeah, that, is that how it works? It's often their middle names. Yeah, is is uh, is where that will come from. And uh, I find because you could be like Jeffrey for your entire princedom, and then but suddenly you're you'll be George or yeah. Charles or something like that. Yeah. It's usually the, one of their middle names is where that comes from. And people from the UK as well were very fixed on what is a first name, what is a last name. And that's mm-hmm. something definitely in North America got switched around. That's why, and we won't do that. Like my rule for my children when I have them is no last names or first names. So no Jackson, no Taylor, no Hunter, no MacArthur or whatever you want to call it. Like, what, in North America, there's a lot of what I would consider last names for first names. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Taylor. Yeah, the... <laughs> 
Uh, now you got wow. me. Megan's like, you just said seven first names. You just said a lot of first names. <laughs> but no, I, I'm going through it right now, and you're absolutely right. And I'm like, okay, so there's there's Mason I know all of those and people. Griffin. <laughs> yeah. And like, and remember, I used to teach acting, right? And so all these kids were like eight years old, seven or eight years ago when I was yeah. teaching. And there, they were, there was nothing but Masons and Griffins and Hunters. and Which was weird for me when I first came to Canada in 2009. People would introduce themselves. I thought for a short while that some people in North America introduced themselves by their last name first. Like Bond. <laughs> James like Bond. That. I yeah. honestly thought that was <laughs> happening. And I was like, okay, Hunter, what's your first name? Hunter is my... But, okay, but you know last names come from trades, typically. Hunter, Smith, Fletcher. You understand that, right? Okay, so now you have a last name for a first name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. All right, mo- moving along. Names, humans. Yeah. Done. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. confusing. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that they they say they have this little table off to the side about how um, I, what, I forget what it says because I don't have it directly in front of me, but it says something along the lines of humans are everybody's second best friends. Hmm. Right. <laughs> so I mean, elves like elves the best after but, dogs. But <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. It's funny, I said this earlier to Dave because I was hanging out with him, and, and he said, yeah, right, because because everybody likes dogs and no one likes cats. And then he and I got in a very long <gasps> argument. Very uh-huh. long argument. Okay, hold on. We're pausing. Terry, dog person or cat person? I, actually, I'm both because I grew up with both, and I appreciate both for different reasons. I think people that don't like cats don't like cats because they look at cats and expect a dog, and they're not. Mm-hmm. Megan? Cats. Yep, okay, cool, me too. Dan is a dog person, so let's get him after this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, it, so, yeah, it says that everybody likes humans, like, to a point, right? You're never going to be adopted into their culture, necessarily, but it was really cool dealing with you guys. We don't hate you on sight because you're a human. Like, elves and dwarves have that tension, mm. right? And elves and, and orcs, so half-orcs will have that, that certain amount of tension. Nobody really has that with humans as a general rule. If you're a human and you're a dick, they personally put that upon you, the person, not the race as a general rule. Um, it actually says that there are nine different ethnic groups in Faerun, but there are over a dozen more. And I'm reading through them going, where do they draw the line in yeah. what is an ethnic group? Because we got a shit ton of them listed in the Sword Coast Adventures Guide and the, uh, and the Player's Handbook. Let's get into the stats for a moment, okay? Grab a pen, because this gets intense. We don't... You didn't tell us to... Okay. <clears throat> All right. I'm sorry, Terry. Grab a... What, what do they call it in... A, a quill? Let me, get, <laughs> let me get my ink and my quill. <laughs> I love you said it. And you were just so clearly talking down to me. <laughs> From the fucking past. All right. So, um, first and foremost... We already understand what a human lifespan is. They do not change that in D&D. There's no preference for alignment. We are medium-sized and like the definition of things that are a little bit shorter and a little bit taller are also medium. Um, our speed is 30 feet, which is a standard. We know common plus one additional language. And all of your abilities uh, increase by one. And that's what it is to be a human. And there we go. And that's humans. Yep. You Episode know, over. You know common and you... Poorly know one other language. I'm sure you offend elves every day. With you say you it without them. the accent. Bonjour, yeah. asshole. Yeah, exactly. Bonjour, salute. 
Comentapel too. <laughs> oh Come my see, God. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, nobody says that. If we still had listeners in Montreal, because I think we offend them all of the time, then they just twitch. Let's remind you we're from Canada. <laughs> all right. yeah, we're allowed to do this, okay? I have a French friend, it's okay. <laughs> Stop. Stop. All right, so, uh, but that's it. As a, as a basic stat block, there's not a whole lot in there. Obviously, we don't get dark vision. Obviously, we don't get um, super dexterity or constitution. Or We are just, we're a little bit better at just about everything, like jack of all trades, but not really specifically one thing, where a lot of the other races, and as a matter of fact, all of them are. They are very good at one thing and one thing specifically, and they get a whole bunch of flavor text and abilities, and we don't get that. It's mm. true. I almost feel like we should have minus one to everything, because I think compared to the other races, we are shit at stuff. I tried to take my dog out to go to the bathroom the other day and dared to walk across the grass with no shoes on and no socks on. <laughs> so delicate. And made it, I don't know, six feet before I dropped to my knees in agony. Like, how do we even survive? Um, I like the idea that humans don't like to admit their faults either. So I'm imagining the dark vision. You go into a cave and everybody's just wandering around and they just try to wander without letting their torch because they see that everybody else is doing it, so why can't I do it? And also, they just walk into a wall like, hey man, can you see? Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Just just wanted to look at that wall really closely for a minute. Um, (laughs) Thought I saw something. I didn't. It was fun. (laughs) Um, So... How do we feel about this? Is that good? Is that powerful? Plus one to everything, but that's, that's I mean, what you get. In the and game, language. mechanically speaking, when yeah. you're building a character, it's fantastic. You know, if you roll all odds and you get a plus one, that's amazing. But I, I don't agree with it. I think yeah. that uh, it doesn't resonate to real life at all. Yeah, I, I really feel like, I don't know, put one into two things, which is pretty normal. Yeah. And here are a bunch of skill proficiencies. Yeah, sure. Right? Like, build your custom character from the from the ground up, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. or, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe no uh, ability increase, but your proficiency is doubled for your entire, mm-hmm. like, I, I, don't, I don't know how this works, yeah, right? Like it's a tough just, one to explore. I mean, yeah. plus one to everything is simple. Sure, fine, it's not really game-breaking, I guess, but it's not really true, is it, you know? Uh, but, yeah, sure. I mean, as as a, as a player, I like them, because uh, I kind of, I like the vulnerability in that, and I kind of like the the struggle and the idea that uh, they're probably, by some of the older, longer-living races, seen as almost kind of childlike and immature and how excited and wild up they get about certain things. And isn't it weird how their ideas seem to change every four years? They change their mind and what they now think is important mm-hmm. just because somebody else said it over Every here. 20 minutes, let's yeah. be real. <laughs> every 20 minutes. <laughs> no, no, carbs are in, gluten's out. Yeah. Fuck. Where were you? <laughs> the elves are, like, taking notes, but they're confused. I don't understand. Three years ago, they were fine, and now 72 percent of the population is mysteriously allergic to gluten i have no idea <laughs> what, has happened? What, happened? what do they eat i don't know they change their milk every month there's a different nut that they're milking i heard that they're milking oats now yeah. i don't even where did that come from <laughs> I, i'm sorry there's a there's a different nut that they're milking is now my favorite <laughs> so no um i think that you are absolutely right humans probably to everyone else look 
ridiculous yeah. in how non-committal they are. I think with everything, even their fashion, right? Because everybody, because we talk about legacy and stuff like that. So I like the idea of how humans, their fashion probably are always changes. But dwarves have been wearing the same shit for like 600 years. Yeah. Oh, oh and like, this is my father's ancestral battle armor. Like, and his father before him and... And you can't even name the people in your family tree back that far, right? Yeah, like, exactly. And the bard's going, this is Versace. So. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, how dare you? I just, I don't know. I feel like the fact that you do get plus one plays to the idea that they really can't make up their minds about what they want in life. And I feel like that is very intuitive to what the human being is. Do so. humans, so, okay, so humans have... have Generational ADD? Yes, is that, absolutely. Is that what well, because like, they only have so much time to level themselves up. They yeah. like you know, so they start out and be like, okay, well, I'm just gonna d- dabble in everything until I find out what I want. Oh, which it's is the, every team. It's the that people goes that to, go to college and they sit there and go, you know, I'm my third year into medical school. I've graduated but I'm be from an college artist. three times. Yeah. Yeah. I still exactly. don't know what I'm doing. Well, it's funny you guys both said gener- <laughs> the word generation. Then you got me thinking, like the the longer living races, like like the dwarves is a great example. They're so loyal to the previous generations. Whereas in human society, we can't fucking wait to shit on the last generation of <laughs> fucking baby boomers. Okay, boomers. Yeah. And now millennials, we're now old as millennials. Gen Z are like, are you guys okay? Do you understand TikTok? And I'm well, like, no, there, I'm no well, there was a time where, millenn- I think it was like a year ago, millennials were getting shit on and now we're like <laughs> yeah, exactly. doing really well. Yeah, <laughs> you, exactly. It was all millennials. You don't know what you're doing. Well, thanks for fucking the earth up, boom, baby boomers. We're trying to figure it out from here. But that doesn't happen with dwarves. Okay, They're loyal to Bruno the Third from 600 years ago. Yeah, he's a good guy. Bruno with two years. <laughs> um, so, so I guess it fits then, the plus one across the board. I feel I find it's lackluster, but... Eh, eh. It, sure. It fits. I don't... Yeah, as again, as a player, it makes sense. And it's great. And it's wonderful. But it's also just indicative to why do they get the advantage of that? Yeah. Versus another race. Well, okay, so that brings us to the variant. Right. Now, the variant... Um, is pretty much exactly the same, except uh, instead of you getting one ability increase to everything, you get to choose two, right? So you can put a plus one in two different uh, ability scores. Additionally, you get one bonus skill proficiency, which feels a little bit more human to me. Yeah. And one feat, which I guess is you going off to college and get really good at one thing for four years and fucking off and doing something else. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so do we like that better? Does that fit better? It's the one so. that I choose every time. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think I prefer the variant. I played the standard way um, when I played my human. Um, when I played my human, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's playing the variant. I think is better because uh, humans are all different. We're into different things, right? And I think it allows you to channel what you want that person to be into instead of just being, "Hey, you're averagely good at everything." Okay, so I want to grab dice. I have a couple questions for you. Sure. Guys. Okay. All right, so um, my first question is, and I know that, that they can do anything, but when you think of a character class, which one is the one that screams human to you? <laughs> we all know where this is going. Should we say all oh, the that? Champion <laughs> fighter. Five, <laughs> five, eight, which was what I played. For my, I loved it. Terry, you and I got to roll off. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we got five. Five. I got a three. All right, so Megan, you're up first. Uh, Usually I will go like a fighter or a warrior or like a fighting class versus a magical class usually. So that's me. Yeah. Like my, well, then again, I did a paladin human for like the last, what, two years, but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind the, and it's not too common. I don't mind the idea of a human cleric. 
but coming from an area where there's humans where they don't believe him that he can talk to his god <laughs> because that seems so very human yeah you know, um because it's clerics you know they're, they're not just like other priests and that kind of thing they're very special but the idea of having a class uh where the other people in that race don't believe that it's real i think would be phenomenal so a human cleric i like the idea of and i think it still works yeah mm-hmm. i you know I, I go through the list right and i think about what, what like all right real quick i'm gonna list off the classes what do you guys think of mm-hmm. all right let me see if i can do this in order artificer what what race do you think of just quick like gnomes rapid fire gnomes sure yeah barbarian like Gil- yeah Goliath, yeah, I guess. Giants, yeah, that's yeah, human. Yeah. 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 Um, bard, I think half elf or yeah. tiefling. Yeah, right, or just elf. Tiefling. Yeah. yeah. Um, cleric, dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty typically a dwarf. Uh, druid. Uh, elf. Standard seems to be an yeah. elf. You end up with a Janassi or something every once in a while. But, yeah. Very pretty. Uh, Furbolgs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Druid. Yeah. Furbolg. Yeah. Uh, fighter. Human. Human. Monk. Elf or human. I was going to say tiefling. I don't know why. <laughs> Mark, it would be good. Um, Nightcrawler. Paladin. Human. Human, yeah. Well, that gives us ranger. That's elf, elf. again. Yeah. 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 Rogue. Elf. Half elf. Yeah. Elf, half elf, yeah. Sorcerer. Human. Megan? Maybe elf. I feel like we say elf too often. Elf is like everything, though, I feel. Yeah, yeah it, like, sorcerer can be like tiefling as well. Though, I was going to say like yeah. a tiefling or even like, um, I was going to say goblin. I don't know why, but it just fit for me. <laughs> well, that's the game. You can make whatever you want. Right? That's yeah. true. That's what beauty. I wanted to do. Uh, warlock? Tiefling. Tieflings. Like, yeah. Wizard? Human. Elf. Yeah. Elves. Yeah. Half elf. Well, gnomes. Gnome wizard is quite common as well. So it's either really fighty or kind of study magic-ish. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's kind of the tropes for humans. It's more fighty. It's a paladin and human really. The I, yeah. I st- the only reason why in my mind I stay away from doing the magic piece is because I feel like if you were going to learn magic, it takes a lot longer to learn than wielding a sword. Yeah. So like it takes years and years and years to master spells in my mind. Well, that's why we have old wizards. But like warlocks need to get it from someone else and clerics yeah. as well. And even paladins and druids, to a lesser degree, are getting imbued with with powers. And, yeah, but that's yeah. how I see if human was to have magical powers. It's because it was either forced upon them, or they got it really quickly because they needed that. Or they can play the guitar. Yeah, yes. they can play guitar. But I think you're right. They, I think humans are more likely to go for uh, the way that they can get it quickly. I mean, that's why all my company's training videos have to be under six minutes, because we have no attention, <laughs> attention span. Attention span, and that's how it works, right? <laughs> so read these tomes and learn magic. Is there an aud- that is there an audiobook? That would be the question I'm asking. What's the YouTube link? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes if you're playing a human character and like, you know, some evil deity comes down and be like, Hey, would you like this magical power? And I'm like, Am I playing a human? Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I really feel like um yeah, there you would take a group of superstitious humans that would see somebody over there that's four hundred years old that can wield magic and looks a little bit different, and they're gonna look at each other and go we could learn the magic, but pitchforks, everybody? Pitchforks? Yeah. Yes. Stab it, stab it? Yes. Yeah, yes. We don't understand it. Hit we it with the pointy it. end. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, which brings me to my next question, because you two are the only two people I know that have played a human. Hmm. 
in D and D. Really? Yeah. Actually, in, the, in the last like forever. Okay. So, um, so well, same order, Megan. Why did you pick a human? You went with the, you had a paladin, but but why did you pick? a human? I specifically remember a moment when we first started playing, and I introduced my character. Terry actually said to me, "We're playing D and D, a world of magic, and you're playing a fucking human." <laughs> I don't remember that to this, to this very day. It, that happens often where other people remember what I've said to them, and I don't. Um, I will never forget milking a nut. So <laughs> nut milking. Uh, no, honestly, I played it for the feet aspect because mm. I really wanted a character that I knew what direction I wanted to go with when I first started playing it because I am very, very bad at paying attention to the direction my character is trying to go, especially if you're playing a long campaign. Yeah. So I wanted to start out with a clear vision. And the only way to do that was to give it a feat, give it a purpose and do that. Yeah. I ended up fucking that up and doing whatever the fuck I wanted anyways. <laughs> but Welcome to D&D. Yeah. But that was how I knew I could get myself a good start. Um, not only I just I just like the fragility of humans, to be honest with you, the fact that they are constantly in the fear of dying because they only have a short lifespan. So they do have that attention to detail of wanting to make a name for themselves very quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. And they will right. be quick to decide to go on an adventure where we talked about this and like the elves and the other ones where they've been living for 600 years. So what's going to entice them to go on an adventure? Yeah. Right. Humans will be like, let me go. Yeah. <laughs> I volunteers tribute. Let me out there. Right. So. I, I, yeah. And now you say that I'm also sitting here thinking about when an elf or a dwarf or a gnome, these long lived species, a dragon, even when they end up dying, that is hundreds of years cut off of a life. When a human ends up dying, ah, we lost a couple decades. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I can see how the other races don't see human death as that tragic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, you guys were only here for a short... You're here for a short time and a good time, not a long time. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. so... I I kind of see it. Can you imagine, like, the dwarf and the elf and the party and stuff like that? Like, look, can we take the morning off? My human died last night. Like, as though the yeah. dog... <laughs> Okay, will you be able to make it in? I'll be in for the afternoon. I just want to, I want a couple of hours just to collect his things and probably just... we'll put it in a cardboard box yeah. and shove it in the closet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to just get the vision out of here. Um, I have to make a really heartfelt Facebook post, but yeah. I will be in this afternoon. Yeah. Everybody yeah. be nice to... I have know. to wait until noon for the good lighting for the photo, so... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Terry, why'd you pick a human? I think because for me, D&D is one big performance and, uh, and I am very confident in role-playing that aspect of the game as I am in any kind of performance and presenting providing I know my content very well if I'm confident in the content I'm good with that and humans I know very well it would have been awful for me to go into a D&D as a fairly new player pretty much fresh other than like the odd one shot to go in with a group of people that played for a long time and for me to go haha look I'm an elf and everybody go that's not what elves do and I'll go (laughs) well then I don't know but humans I'm pretty confident I can get that right so for me it was just to uh, to eliminate a variable that I might not understand too well are they the new like the new player race to play I would say so I think it's a great introductory race to play yeah I feel like the introductory races for a lot of people that are going into it are like your elves because anyone who's watched Lord of the Rings has a base knowledge of what an elf looks like and is yeah like your gnomes your dwarves and then your humans like yeah, those you don't want to go and play in a furball you yeah. run and play in a tiefling and you're just like ah <laughs> exactly <laughs> the German accents that's good okay you're Nightcrawler great yeah, <laughs> yeah get there yeah you did it okay so look I am a dungeon master and it's all I do. Um, I find that... <laughs> you say that a lot, so I feel like there's some pent-up aggression in the fact that you just want to play a game. <laughs> I just need a really good cry. Okay. Um, but Adam's not allowed to play because he ruins it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. 
Let, let me tell you sometime, Terry, about what my next <laughs> character is going to be because Dan is in for a world of hurt. Um, but I have uh, I have made hundreds of NPCs, and whenever I need something that is simple to interact with very very quickly or overly complicated, I always use a human for it because you have a touchstone immediately and you don't have an immediate uh, idea of exactly what this should be. Hmm. You know what a human is the first time you walk in and see them. You may not know what a furbolg is the first time that you bump into one, right? right? Or or an ASMR or like what what does a Eric Cochran society look like? Shit. Yeah, right? I imagine like, there's shit everywhere. Just, just, just birds. <laughs> and, yeah, and so... Um, but with the human kingdom, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. You walk in and you get it. You can have more political intrigue because that's like, you know, that the queen and, and her handmaidens are going to each have a unique personality. Whereas what's the difference between each one of these seven dwarven handmaidens? Yeah. Right. right? It's just easier for you to wrap your brain at first glance at what a human is. So for either, um, uh, a quick, early, simple touchstone or, hey, we're going to dig in really deep into something crazy. I've gone with a human. We get that in a, most of the modules as well. I went digging through Waterdeep, um, Dragon Heist, not long ago. And there are so many NPCs. And easily 80% of them are humans. Really? Yeah. Wow. And Waterdeep is a huge, multicultural, diverse city in uh, the Forgotten Realms. And there are almost... Like, it is shocking how few there are. Most of them are human commoners that are lawful neutral, right? And so, like, is that the stereotype as well? Is that humans are uncomplicated? Yeah, I would say. I think we think we're complicated. We overcomplicate ourselves. I think we overcomplicate ourselves. But I think it comes from a lot of things. I think it's uh, striving to be different. Nobody wants to be, everybody wants to be unique, but humans by their nature are also very tribal. And it doesn't matter what your tribe is. It may be the oat milk tribe, or mm. it may be Don't whatever. Don't even get me started on oat milk. Right? <laughs> but I think we all, we all try and be different. But it's funny how all of the people that are trying to be different in a certain way all kind of go together. So I think we're, we think that we're complicated, but to other people, we're probably not. Very simple. We're probably very predictable. Okay, which I guess is why they've had to break us down into a thousand different flavors of human for for 5th edition, for the Forgotten Realm. So, before we jump into that, though, let's take a quick break, okay? Any, any last thoughts before we do that? You guys both just shook your head. Megan didn't even do that. She just sat there and stared off, so... Humans be humans. Megan looks like she's about to throw up. <laughs> what? I have to pee, so I'm waiting for the break. <laughs> break. We just start talking again. It's a break for the people listening. <laughs> we are going... To now pause for uh Well fuck you. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh, This is yeah. why we can't have nice things. <laughs> Hello Internet, it's Terry here. I'm listening to the special series on Eberron that Dave is running, and it's completely fantastic. I like how he's doing a deep dive on all the crazy unique parts of the world, and he's really giving a tour of all the weird places and strange mentalities in the high adventure steampunk setting. What I like about steampunk is it's as though we've gone back to the industrial revolution, the Victorian period, but it's like in the real world we've discovered things in a different order. So now we have this high fantasy, incredible, fantastical look at the world, 
but some things seem so mundane, so it's like the world has been twisted into a strange and unique order. If steampunk and dinosaurs and pulp adventures interest you, but you know nothing about Everon, or even if you're looking to start a campaign there, check out the series on iTunes, Spotify and more, and don't forget to set up your subscriptions and auto-downloads. Okay, back to the show. Okay, so... Now let's get into the nitty gritty. We separated it more or less um, by thirds. Anyway, um, we're gonna get in all the sub races for humans now. And uh, anyway, so let's roll initiative. We're gonna go through these. Let's try to hit these relatively quickly, or we're gonna be here all day. I well, you bumped me up, but I've only got to a ten. Terry, you're on a three. Megan, you go yeah. first. Excellent. I've rolled over a five tonight. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with the Bedine, or Bedine, I don't know. Oh, there's so many words I'm going to get wrong. The internet is going to be more blowing up about how I pronounce words. Let, let, let me say this. If you don't know what we're talking about, check the show notes for spellings. Hmm. Yeah. So, And I will put them in the order we talk about them. Deal. There you go. So uh, the Bedine are kind of like a clan-based um, society. They kind of reside in the southern... On the rosh. Some words that you already expected to not pronounce. <laughs> southern. Southern. <Yeah>. southern. <laughs> Basically the desert. Okay, all right. Um, is where they kind of reside. Um, I kind of think of these guys, like, it reminds me of Dune. I don't, it, just because of some of the things that I read. But um, due to this, they are dark-skinned and dark-haired group and have, and in fact, like, having blue eyes was thought of being, like, you are a mixed blood. So that's why I was thinking of Dune with those weird, oh, yeah, yeah. like, bright blue eyes. Do all of us have blue eyes? I think we do, don't we? I do, yeah. Yeah? Uh-oh. Oh, it's not getting any better, is it? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, hold on, we'll call... Uh, Brad, no, shit. Uh, Dave, fuck. Dan has hazel. That's as bad as... That's as close we're going to get to mm-hmm. the different that's, color. That's true. Anyways, these guys, over time, they did end up building steady settlements and only a few clans kind of remain now as their true nomadic, like, roots. Um, in fact, these are the kind that uh, they only speak to outsiders for a purpose. So if whether it's survival or if they're doing a trading or something like that. So anything of use, they will reach out. But otherwise, they do kind of keep to themselves. Um, they are primarily... Oh, my God, my voice is changing. <laughs> You're hitting puberty right now. <laughs> Um, they are primarily male-dominated. In fact, they follow a leader called the Sheik, um, who states that basically their word is the law for them. Um, I almost think of like the Viking Earl, if I'm thinking of the way the clan kind of operates, since mm. they have one person in their clan that is the head, and then they're all multiple clans with multiple Sheiks in their area. Um, they are very communal to their clan, so gluttony and greed and things like that don't actually exist because everybody gets what they need to survive, um, and they're very communal that way. Cool. Um, everything is for the horde, basically, is how they work. Um, they are also known for, they understand death as what death is, so as we talked about how the fragility of humans, they only live so long, death for them is understood, so they basically mourn for a day and move on. Um, so for me, they kind of resonate as like your classic warriors, your fighters. Um, in fact, they don't utilize magic at all. They believe magic is a gift from the gods. So the only people that would have magic are those that are above them, or maybe the sheik would have some magic. So they are more your warrior type Mm. fighter base. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. That's the Bedine. Um, what kind of, uh, inspiration are you getting off of them? Like as far as a real world analog? I would think Viking, Viking yeah. clan. Or, like, I also thought of, like, if, if you're going to put it into, like, a regular fantasy world, like, the Khaleesi's and the... 
Uh, yeah, I felt almost Dothraki. Dothraki, mm. yeah. Yeah. I was so, trying to remember the... You said Sheik and Desert, and I'm like, is this a Persian? Is that like... I often look to the names to figure out what inspiration... Because they're using real-world analogs and touchstones for people to be able to wrap their brain around this in a paragraph and a half, yeah. right? And so they are using these as touchstones. I don't personally, but again, this is the thing. I don't know. I am not qualified to have an opinion about this. <laughs> but I feel like they are using this not from a look at the differences, but here is something that that we have included. These kind of people from the real world, and we want to include you in this game because we're not all... Fat white nerds in the basement, like we used to be, right? Yeah, like, so. or are right now. I'm just <laughs> <clears throat> um, um, feel personally attacked. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I kind of agree that they kind of make sure that there is some kind of a structural understanding of where they're come from, what they look like, and why they're there, mm -hmm. and you know what they would need to survive. So, if you are underneath the hot sun, you would wear a head wrap of some kind. If you were yeah. out and about and you were a warrior, like you would have a certain type of clothing type. And I think they do speak to those a little bit. And some of them, when they go into detail, this one didn't have a lot of details on like their clothing choices or anything like that. But okay. I do feel that they do pull from that from a couple of different ones too. Okay, um, that puts me next, I believe. Um, and I'm going to start off with the Chondathan um, culture. These are slender, tanned people with... Uh, I got a question. They keep saying the word tawny. I keep running into that. What is tawny? Is that Lack just like... Lack of muscle? No, no, no. no it's, it's a color. Like a, it's a color. It's a color? Like a tawny owl, right? Isn't it like a light brown? Uh, that's what tawny? I was thinking. That's why I, I went with tan. I was thinking scrawny. Oh, Sorry. Okay. My bad. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, so... Lack of muscle, scrawny. <laughs> so they're they're slender, they're tawny. Uh, they've got brown to almost blonde hair somewhere in that that region, with green or brown eyes. Usually, you find them around the inner sea. And um, there's not a whole lot of information about them, despite the fact that there are lots of them, and they're really around doing a lot of uh, uh, merchant trading and whatnot. You find a lot of Chondath and NPCs when you go through some of the modules, just because they're always coming in as a merchant or a traveler or someone from the inland sea or from the inner sea, mm -hmm. um, kind of coming to the sword coast. Setting up shop and then yeah. moving on. Their yeah. their names sound almost Nordic in inspiration. Hmm. So I feel like these are these are your almost Scandinavian. Hmm. Um, but they're not blonde hair, blue eyes, right? It's green or brown eyes with with brown uh, to almost blonde hair. Like that's, I'm trying to find out where, what the inspiration for this one was. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, but you look at the names and they are very much Nordic inspired. Hmm. And uh, just as a point of interest, we had a player who stole one of the last names from this group. Uh, one of the common last names is Tallstag, uh -huh. which was which was Jamie's. I knew it was him. Yeah, um, Norse mythology based barbarian, right? Yeah. So, um, I always thought it was Ballbag, but fine. <laughs> you know, you can keep thinking that. If I you called want. him Bar Ballbag for the longest time. <laughs> well then, love it. I have really very little else to say about these guys. There's not a whole lot that's written about them, but you do run into a lot of different NPCs, like I said. Um, throughout the different modules. So uh, it's interesting because the Waterdeep ones really tell you in the in the flavor text, as soon as you meet an NPC, exactly where they're from when they're a human. Which kind of human this is. Mine, I'm going to do the Arcane first. 
Um, and I, my mind goes in two different places with these, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain them to you guys. So, um, Archaean are typically short in stature with tan skin and dark hair. The Archaean dwell primarily in Damrath, which is a warm plain off the shore of the Great Sea. Uh, they also dwell in Halrua and the Shar. Many Arcanians live under the yoke of, lived under the yoke of drow slavery years ago, centuries ago, after a failed military campaign against the Dark Elves, which led the eventual, led to the eventual destruction of the Arcanian kingdom in Damrath. What they do as a, as, a, as, a, as a practice is they meet at a sacred site every year and they recount the exploits of the year. So although they live in separate sort of communities, tribes, they come together and they kind of share knowledge. Um, and as a practice, they also hunt um, lycanthropes as well as a way of honoring their god. So there's two ways they kind of go. You can kind of go like, I imagine them as like lost or unknown civilizations like out in the Amazon somewhere that mm-hmm. come together and they meet at a sacred site every year. Or you can kind of imagine them as that typical kind of plain dwelling barbarian, maybe kind of Dothraki-ish, maybe. Um, it's funny, I was thinking of like Celtic Druidic circles even yeah. coming together. Yeah. And their names, if you listen to their names, some, some of the male names are Hone. Uh, Rivon, Umbril, Zaymar, Zeltabar, and then females is Glorus, Maeve. Maeve is the only one that kind of sounds like Irishy, you know. That's why I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking Celtic. But now. the rest yeah. of them sound like they, with the X's and the Z's. It's almost like kind of Persian or like Egyptian sounding or something. I mean, I I don't know, but it's uh, it, my brain goes off in different directions with these people. I'm not sure. Do you like these? I think I like the idea of, and because I know I've shit on like druids and stuff a lot, yeah. but I like the idea of the of the um, the druid type people that will live off in like the rainforest or like the jungle or something somewhere, and then maybe emerge and come together once a year and go back out because it makes a very interesting personalities that are not necessarily uh, weird to themselves. It's just they're just hermits and loners or, or, or their community rather lives separate from everybody else. And so it makes it interesting personalities. And I like interesting personalities in my D&D characters, as you all both well know. Yes. <clears throat> mm. All right, Megan, what's next for you? Um, I'll do the the Kalashite. <laughs> Kalashite. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry? Kal- uh, <laughs> one, one more time. That Kalashite. sounds like Scottish slang, right? That, that's Scottish Twitter. <laughs> Megan's about to read Scottish Twitter. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, they are shorter and slighter build for, than comparison to most humans, um, with like husky brown hair, eyes, and all that kind of stuff. They are located in the southwest of Faerun, places like Om and Tithir, but they do have their own place that they built um, called Kalashon. <laughs> you, you know, points for trying. Like, sure. goddamn, yeah. yeah. <laughs> please, please tell us how to pronounce these made-up words. I know. Um, they do believe that they are... One of their biggest strong beliefs is that they are part of the original clans that built large cities and strongholds, and they felt like they were like one of the original like sub races of humans. Um, so I find that the, they ended up being in almost every place possible. You will find yeah, the okay. Kalashite. Um, so they are basically the descendants of the slaves of G's who ruled great empires in the south of the marching mountains. Okay. Um, and after time, that power did dwindle and they were able to free themselves from the genies and they founded their own nation, which is, yeah, the Koramashan. <laughs> All right, one, one more time. <laughs> Karam, Sean. Okay, yep. Um, and then since then, they expanded and migrated to some various regions um, that I kind of listed before. But as I said, they tend to be the ones that travel, I think, 
the most. Like, I feel like from what I've read, they tend to be everywhere, all everywhere at all times. Um, they did have many, many wars with the Tetherians, and they were also another race that tended to be dabbled everywhere in Faerun. Um, and that's how they ended up, in, like, mostly in Alm and Tethir, which is in, like, that southwest area on the coast. They give, they're giving me a real, like, nomads from the cradle of life in reality like yeah. around the lower part of the Mediterranean that then branched mm. out and I feel like I'm getting that because you said genies yeah right and just the kind of flavor some of their words and whatnot yeah. but but and the fact that they're old one of the older versions of humans as well yeah. which is why I find that if I was to do a character with these ones I would think of your mages your wizards your sorcerers like these are probably the ones that do have an innate magic ability just from their ancestry, like growing yeah. and growing and growing from what they learned and then passed down years and years and ages. So this is one of the ones to me that a human would make sense to have magic mm-hmm. because it came from their ancestry. You just totally hit me that it's bullshit that we don't have a genie warlock yet. Boom. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's one of the next patrons I want to see. Genie warlock. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um, my next one is the Damaran people. These guys are completely and totally boring and normal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, here we go. They're, they're British, yeah. They're, they're, no, they're <laughs> Russian, actually. These, oh, these are, but they've got moderate height with skin from tawny to fair. They have brown or black hair, mostly brown eyes. <laughs> that's, that, it? that's it. Oh, the, the, that's their, it. their names are vaguely Russian, Ukrainian, like in, in that kind of um, that kind of region. Um, of, of Earth. Uh, is that, um, and th- you find them in the northwestern side of Faerun. So they're going to be up in the ice. These are going to be your your um, almost... Uh, yeah, I've, I've hit the nail on the head. I can't say anything more. They're Russian. <laughs> they're, like, they're done. Yeah, th- there it is. Like They're, they're going to be up around Icewind Dale and um, Neverwinter and up in the northwest portion where there's snow. This Would these be can... your wildlings? <laughs> uh, potentially. When, when it says that you know they have... Um, very tawny and dark, uh, all the way up to fair. I think of Jon Snow to what's his redheaded sidekick's name? Um, that who's a wildling, Tormund. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. So he meant is like oh Sam, the girl? No, yeah. no, no, the girl. Yeah. No, 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 no. Sidekick, not side piece. I'm okay, sorry, different. I <laughs> I miss I misspoke. So. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of that's the flavor for these guys. But their names are all uh, one of them listed for the women is Olga. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, there, yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. there we go. Yeah, I would like to be named Olga. <laughs> you look like an Olga. I feel like I could live up to it. Yeah, man. so could Terry with a wig. Why'd you cut your hair, man? I don't know. Man. <laughs> I used to train. I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to this podcast. I used to train a young woman named Olga, and she was Russian, and she was. Without doubt, top five most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life, ever. Yeah. And uh, I find that uh, Russian women are often very attractive. Russian men, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Vodka. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to do the... This is better every time we go on the next one. The Halruan. Sorry? Halruan. The Halruan. Yep. Halruan. I gave you the wrong list to go over. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you did. <laughs> The people of the mysterious and magical kingdom of Halua, Halua, the Haluans are touched by magic and many of them are talented in the art. They and their land vanished during the spell plague, but just as mysteriously returned in the second sundering. Okay, let's move past that. They have blonde or dark hair and olive complexions, black, brown, or green eyes. It makes me think 
Spanish like Spain, not like Mexico. I was going to say like Greece. I was going to say Italian. Yeah. 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 Mediterranean type. Yeah. Their names, uh, male names are typically Aldim, Chand, Malagost, Presmer, Sandru. I mean, what's that? I mean, how do you, based off of names, guess where it's supposed to be influenced by without insulting somebody? Because I might go, I mean, that sounds very Mediterranean to me. (laughs) They're like, I'm sorry, no. No, not at all. I would never name somebody John, but thanks. (laughs) Like that old uh, baseball game that was made uh, in Japan and they made like American sounding names and they're all... That's hilarious. Um, Okay. Uh, so these, these, so they're very, they're touched by magic, but their people are not necessarily just sorcerers. They, some of them are, are learned, are, are learned in, in the arcane arts. So they have wizards as well. But then, because they also are famous for having sky ships off in the mountains somewhere, um, it makes you think of artificers as well. So it, it makes you think that they have a vested interest in magic and kind of go about it in different ways. But when I think mountains and sky ships, I stop thinking. Mediterranean, and I start thinking, I don't know, Megan, what do I start thinking? I don't, about? I'm not in your brain, and I don't want to be there. <laughs> sky, sky ships? Uh, that's, that's the same but thing. In the yeah, don't but, but in the mountains? Uh, I could go two ways with that. I could go almost like Scandinavian, like warships in the sky, or Tibet. Or maybe yeah. actually, it's still thing in Italy, right? They have mountains, right? In their it's northern region. Switzerland is right freaking there, right? The Alps yeah. are right beside Italy. So. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Sure. Cool. Now I'm thinking like a crazy Austrian warlord or something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Megan, what do you have next? All right. Uh, I've got the Nars. Oh, she gets the easy one. I know. Kind of. <laughs> I had a goblin player named Nar, so this is going to be weird for me. I love it. Yeah. Um, so these guys are the survivors of the Empire of Narfel, so I recommend if you ever want to look at history, look at the history of Narfel. It's pretty cool. Um, but they are considered to be fierce barbarians. These are your, your fighters, your big, strong buff guys. Um, they're known across Faerun as some of the greatest horsemen and, of course, breeding the greatest horses as well. Um, so if you were to be trading and buying, you would probably buy war horses or farming horses from this clan. Um, they're responsible for that. Um, they are short and stocky humans and they do have dark skin and jet black hair. Um, they are found primarily in Great Dale, Narfel, Rashomon, and something called the Ride. I didn't have a chance to look into what the ride was, unfortunately. But it's, it's a roller coaster. Is it? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they did abandon their gods early in life um, and switch to worshipping demon lords. Good, yes. Always a solid plan. Yes. It's never gone poorly and I support it. <laughs> <laughs> so if I was to build a character from the Nars, I would probably do something like a warlock or just a warlock nomad because magic is kind of known with them or just your basic warrior, your fighter. Um, even I would even throw down like a ranger or an archer. A barbarian almost yeah. as well. Well, that's one of the things that they're known for is yeah. their barbaric tendencies. Um, but let, we have like ancestral guardian and and zealots and stuff, yeah. which are barbarian paths. So that makes a little bit of sense here. Yeah, it's true. Um, but this is one of those like groups that you would not approach unless you have to. Um, they do not really respect outsiders in any way, shape, or form. In fact, their neighboring areas kind of worry about the demonic like worshipings that go on and they fear that demons will eventually rise. I just pictured like their neighbors are Tom Hanks and the Burbs. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like peeking through the blinds going, hey, 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 look at, look at the worshipping demons. I swear to God, get over here. (laughs) I've seen it. And then like, 
But no, they're definitely ones that are feared, um, and no one goes there unless they have to. It's like the mm. Shadowlands of Lion King for anyone yeah, who okay. can't dumb right. down any yeah. further. Yeah. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Um, my next one is, in my opinion, potentially the most racist of all of them because mm-hmm. it is so on the fucking nose. Good start. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the, this is the uh, shoe. S-H-O-U. Bear with me on this. I know what they're trying to do and they're trying to be inclusive, but God damn it. These are yellowish bronze in hue, their words, not mine, with black hair and dark eyes. They are numerous and powerful ethnic group uh, that is far to the east. Their surnames are presented before their given names, and they're things like Jing and Chao, and they are very obviously Asian archetypes. Right. Mm-hmm. This, I feel, comes right out of the old and actually really fun, if incredibly insensitive, uh, Oriental Adventures, right, from uh, from 3.5. Which was all about, this is where we get our samurai fighter and a lot of our monk stuff, and the way the drunken master and stuff, is from those books and that campaign setting. They've obviously gotten rid of that, which is fantastic, and they've included this instead. But it is very much a, those guys are over there, there's a lot of them, and they're powerful, and very few of them come over. And when they do, you can tell. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Right? And so... I like that they're trying to be inclusive on this, but it's very... And it's also Chinese. There's there's no Japanese or Filipino or Malaysian version of yeah, it. It's Korean, just, yeah. This is why I say, like, unintentionally racist. Like, hey, we included Asia. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, no one asked for this. But... Look, we did European, all right? <laughs> So anyway, I I actually really kind of like the flavor of it because I come from uh, Karatur, which we I was in a lot of my reading, um, which is just another section of the Forgotten Realms. It's not anywhere near the Sword Coast. It's off to the east, and it's very very different the way that Asia feels different to to um, uh, Europe, right? And there are grand deserts that you have to cross to get from one to the other and wide open expanses. And so you do get, uh, like caravans and trade routes and stuff coming from Karator and a lot of different kinds of humans that are coming as well. You don't really hear about other races coming from over there. Mm. Mm. So that's a little weird, but I'm sure it's there. It just, I mean, how many pages are they going to write about lizard folk? Yeah. Right. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I, I'm, points for effort on this one and I'm glad you're being inclusive but it feels really on the fucking nose yeah it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I feel like we're learning over time that there's just better ways to go about this as just uh, and you know the education on that just wasn't as, as as out there at the time so it was like okay look I think we did it I think we covered it right is that right and all of the yeah. other white people in the room but it's gotta be right I mean how much can there be to this you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm sure it's not intentional, but I think you're you're absolutely right. Okay, I'm going to do the Imaskari. Oh, I like these guys actually. You did, yeah. Okay, yeah. so an uprising of Mulan slaves brought about the ruin of the Imaskar and its ruling wizards thousands of years ago. Basically, they they come from d- d- desert type, um, not communities like uh, cities and. Uh, 
what not community what am i trying to say society society uh, societies with with grand pyramids and and they use they use slaves to build these pyramids so i'm thinking like ancient egyptian yeah. rulers standing yeah. with their staffs whipping the slaves as they as they build their uh, their pyramids the uprising of those slaves drove the imaskari into the underdark where their complexion started to change, they started to become very pale, the hair started to turn white. So I imagine they were probably darker in skin tone at first, um, and then their, their their hair started to go very pale, and they probably looked very different to what they used to. I gotta ask, how come when humans go into the Underdark, they get pale and everything turns white, and yet when it's the Drow and the Dorogar, or, and, and the Sferf Neblin, the Deep Gnomes, yeah. all their skin turned gray and black yeah. in the Underdark. What's what's the difference there? They adjust to their surroundings. Humans like to stick out. <laughs> In the land of horrible slavery, dear humans, you fucked that one up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, but it it says it right there in the text that they're typically, they're, they're grand wizards, okay? I find them to be probably very educated, elitist people that uh, have na- are now seeing the other side of it all, the other side of the stick when they've been driven into the Underdark and are probably being enslaved while they're there. They're fighting for their own survival. Mm-hmm. So I would say traditionally, probably wizards mm-hmm. now with a lack of education, probably not. I feel like they may even be leaning towards rogue or maybe arcane tricksters. They're trying to survive and hide. I can even see mm-hmm. some rangers, yeah. right, with the underdark, um, yeah, favorite terrain, favorite terrain, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Like, that makes that makes some sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, that's it. You good with that one? Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, I'm gonna do the Sharon. Wait, real quick. What's up? What do you like about the Madden? You said you liked the them a lot. Um, well, I like them because they have actually a story. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the ones that I've gotten are so these people are over here. They exist. And that's what I get. Yeah. yeah. So when I saw the, uh, it's the Imaskari, right? Yeah. And they're very tied to the Mulan as well. Yes. Yeah, so that's my right? next one. So yeah. I really like the fact that we've got kind of an intertwined history with the two of them. Mm-hmm. And there have been a couple of times where you see, you know, one of these, these human uh, sub races is very linked to another one. Yeah. Um, and, and I like it when it's got some sort of, you know, political intrigue and history and, right. and just something to sink your teeth into there beyond just, Hey guys, I have two hands, two feet. I'm as medium sized as they come, mm-hmm. and I have skills and and, and a feet. Yeah. So, welcome. I'm a human, right? Yeah. Uh, hello, my name that's, is Human. On and the that's freaking... how the player introduces their yeah. character to yeah. the party, mm-hmm. right? But when you have like the Amaskari, there's more for you to stick your teeth into with the backstory, and right, right. So I just I just think it's more fun to be. Yeah, had that. I felt like this one was one of the ones that got a little bit more into the detail. Yeah. Of how they went through time not just we ended up here like they actually had a reason as to why they were here why they were there and then where they ended up so i found that one to be one of the first ones that i read so i was like Mm. that's interesting yep yeah um so i've got the sharon um, they're dark-haired and tan-skinned. They're a tribe based from the south of Faerun. Um, they are skilled hunters, archers, riders, so I assume these guys are going to be more your rangers, your um, that kind of thing. Um, they do worship and celebrate various deities of nature. Um, I kind of see these as the hippies of humans. Um, these are definitely your, your hippie guys. Yeah, okay. They have a very, very simple view Their of names life. like Flower Child yeah. and, and Moonbeam. So immediately, you'd probably think Druid. 
or something more along that nature aspect, but unfortunately they actually don't have magic. It's not really commonplace for them to have magic. Even though they celebrate the deities, the ones that they celebrate are more like your hunter gods or your like um, crop gods, the ones that are going to give you a Oh, so they're crop. the children of the corn then. Yes, absolutely. Good. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> good for everyone. <laughs> Um, similar to the Badain, they are organized more in a clan base where they are run by chieftains and other elders that have, like, their word is law. That's well, a cult or a commune or something, yes, isn't it? Yes, very cultish. Yeah. Um, so this is where you go when you want to run away from mom at 16. And yeah, yeah, yeah I want to be is... wild and free. I'm going to the, to, the, to the wonderful land of Jonestown. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So mm. this is what I imagine for these folk. But yeah. yeah. So that's... Unfortunately, I went... Like, when I first started reading with these, I went druid. Because that's what it read to me. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, we don't practice magic. So it's definitely more of the hippie... It's not even ranger then, because rangers inherently have spells. I'm thinking, like, yeah. it's the uh, the rogue scout. There you go. Right? Yeah. Or yeah. or the, the just the archer, like... Just the, archer archetype, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. You're a champion fighter, but you took a bow and arrow. I'm yeah, a hunter. I can, I can see, like, rogue scout or... And I can imagine them insisting on non-lethal damage. Like, they'll just piss you off by, like, pelting you with tomatoes or something until you just... They've leave. got a sling and a rock. They don't actually have a bow and arrow. Yeah. They're the yeah. lost boys from Peter Pan. There you go. Pan flutes the whole nine yards. Tambourines and shit. <laughs> Is there anything more on... On them? Hippies, that's it. They're just yeah. hippies. <laughs> made up chanting that actually has no historical value, didn't come from anywhere. They just they made it, it up. They just find it to be spiritual or very worldly. Oh, they're those people that, that buy all the crystals and then they've got like Native American art that they just bought from some white guy in the mall. But yeah. Like they, yeah. they hung it up on the wall. Ah. Tattoos of conflicting ideologies on their body. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. I hate. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm moving right along. Yeah, just... <laughs> Fucking hate those guys. <laughs> Sorry, I brought it up. Um, I'm spiritual. Oh, you're not educated. Okay. <laughs> Stop. I, I prescribe to goop. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, all right. So my next one is uh, the Tetherian race, which is widespread across the West. And again, it's just so generic that I can't really get a bead on them, except um, well, bear with me. So the widespread across the West, uh, they're medium physical stature they're they have dusky skin whatever that means to fair skin with either blue all the way to brown eyes so like <laughs> dusky to fair skin that just depends on how dirty they are yeah generic human number 27 at 5 p.m they always seem to be duskier than they are at 5 a.m it's weird yeah, and, and again there's no there's no real defining factor here um because they don't even have their own naming convention they use the chondathan names that I said earlier, which are the Nordic ones. Yeah. So, um, and then, however, it gets into a weird level of of specificity because they're from a very feudal region um, of Tethyr, which is a uh, realm ruled by Queen Anais from the capital of Doromar. Like we're getting oddly specific. The Chondathans got a paragraph. Yeah. And these guys who adopt their names are getting pages of shit. Yeah. They've got the queen who has dukes and then counts and then sheriffs who oversee the farmlands and the markets. So like we're, we're really feudal in this society now, but there's lots of intrigue in the upper class, the dukes and the nobility and, and the royalty. There's all sorts of murder and backstabbing and poisonings and stuff. And, um, and it even says right in the reading material, Adventurers walking through will often get sucked into these these plots. Right. So I feel like this was probably something I didn't I couldn't find anything on it, but it's probably 
really well laid out. Um, there are probably a lot of adventure modules in this this area of Tithir and the capital of uh, Daramar in previous editions. Yeah. And this is just a holdover because, hey, we already know this lore. Here it is. Yeah. So, um, I, again, I, I, I would never choose this as a background unless I'm going there. Yeah. Because it is so fucking generic. Mm-hmm. Right? If... This is what I would choose actually when I show up as a human to to the table and the DM says, "Oh, what kind of human?" I am a shit. What's the most generic shit on here? Because I didn't write a backstory. Well, that was the same thing when I was reading like, oh god, what is it? Cali- mm, Kalashites. Yeah. <laughs> because they actually Kalashite, battled man. the Tetherians a lot. Like, oh yeah. They they crossed paths a lot in previous editions and previous lore. Yeah. Um. In fact, like the Kalashites fought them a lot and took their lands multiple times. So I feel like, again, if you're making a human character want something super generic, it's going to be the Kalashites, the Tetherians, because they're everywhere. I yeah. Find. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, and, and that, that, again, that's what I have in that. There's not a lot in fifth edition about any of these yeah. guys. Right. So you do have to dig into previous lore. Even Terry was talking earlier about um, the spell plague and the second sundering. And mm. these are things that were so impactful that they, they're the excuse of why, we have different editions of D&D. Why did the rules change between you know, Advanced Dungeons and & Dragons and 3.5? Oh, uh, there's a spell plague. Here's a little paragraph of storyline to say, now now we count AC going up yeah. and not down. This is why, right? And so so there are definitely old holdovers that I'm, I'm feeling. You got to... You gotta, Find your Wikipedia page on some of this shit in order to get... Your fandom Wikipedia pages. Yeah. I think it's unnecessary as well to use something like the spell plague to change editions when it can it can just be like, all the same shit, but here's a different way of playing it. And yeah. you can just go, okay, because that's what like a lot of the other games do. Like the whole like Warhammer lore doesn't change every time they change edition every 20 minutes. You so. should sit down and have a talk with 4th uh, edition who threw out 100% of the lore yeah. and changed absolutely everything just to have everyone hate it. And they go, oh, sorry. No, none of that. That was a fever dream. Don't worry about it. We're back to the way things were before. Shred the books. <laughs> Except the Raven Queen. We're keeping that. Such a oh. such a human thing to do, though. It's the, it's, it's the, <laughs> Very it's adaptable. True. A young yeah. person comes along and goes, it's Is that my the word we're using now. for it? Yeah. Adaptable? <laughs> I am going to talk about the Mulan. Dominant in the eastern and southeastern shores of the inner sea, the Mulan are generally tall, slim, and amber-skinned with eyes of hazel or brown. Their hair ranges from black to dark brown. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) But in the lands where the Mulan are most prominent, nobles and many other Mulan shave off their hair. Okay, so for me, because of their names, let me give you some of their names. Um, Efut Ki, um, Mumed, Ramas, Sokerhur... Dazadi, it sounds almost... She's crazy having a stroke. <laughs> I know. But up until the shaved head point where I was thinking like more Asian, before that I was thinking more like Arabian, really. I was almost going Native American. Mm, that mm. actually, you've switched my mind on that. Because I was thinking like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen pictures of like Afghanistan in the 70s where Kandahar, I've been to Kandahar, it doesn't look like it used to. Kandahar, it was like this beautiful city with like these lush green like hanging mm-hmm. gardens and it was like a tourist destination. And they did have nobles and, and, and uh, you know, people of, of different important things. And I kind of was viewing that in my mind. Mm. But now you're making me think Native American. Because you're right, because that would hit with all of the skin tones and, and the eye colors, but also the shaving of head sometimes, the longer hair other times. I was kind of getting that feel um, a little bit off of some of the names. Like, when are we going to hit the, the Aztec and South American 
archetypes as well. Right. Right. I, I, I'm still, I'm looking at a globe going, all right, so check on Europe. I'm sure we're going to bet we're going to get back to that shit. Check on, on Russia. Right. Like, and I'm going around the globe just going, what have we included and what's missing at this point? Yeah. I'm waiting for the Canadians. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to get Canadians. I'm giving a face if anybody yeah. can not see it. <laughs> Megan slow turned to me and raised like both eyebrows. <laughs> When they when they find a country where all these people combine, that is Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's friend, right? Yeah. The second largest country in the world, also one of the quietest. Are you sad? We're sad too. We're sad. Too. All sad. Are you happy? Yeah. We're happy. We're glad you're happy. <laughs> you want okay? All right. Sidebar about Canada. I was sitting there talking to Mieka. Like, there's social turmoil down in the states, and there's riots and and protests mm-hmm. and looters and these are all very separate things that are happening right. and they all get blended together and it's difficult to have that conversation especially as a straight white guy up here so far removed from everything and and I remember being in the Vancouver riot and she said oh my god when was that I'm like 2010 she said what was the trigger and I went oh my oh god, god. Don't I even. it was a hockey game <laughs> yes. for sake. I, I'm gonna stop talking <laughs> and I, I'll be under the riot. table that's yeah. what makes us riot jeez anyway move, moving on so I it's... avoided downtown I remember I was supposed to go downtown that day and then my mom called me and said can you not go downtown yeah, okay. today Dan's brother like... and I went to go rescue Dave actually who was oh. in he was downtown in it getting tear gassed with people and he was dragging people out. We drove, we were the only ones driving over the Lionsgate Bridge into, into Vancouver. Into Vancouver. And I rolled down the, the window, I was yelling at him get in the car because he'd gotten past the police line and the tear gas was wafting into the car. We were like, it was crazy. It was insane. And it was nothing compared to the shit that is happening down no. there. So it's crazy. I was, my last year in the army, I was trained in riot control. Yeah. An extensive exercise on it. Yeah, it was very exciting. Could utilize it here it's in 2010. Very good. Very good. Well, funnily enough, I've been watching the news. I've been explaining what what is happening with my girlfriend. Going, so this is called a cord and this is whatever. This is what they'll do here. I, I imagine you with that. the X's and O's on the football field. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm yeah. But then he changes to, and this is, I'm not sure what they're doing there. They should, I don't know why they shot that. This man. guy doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. That's not standard practice. That's not standard. We don't do that in the UK. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but you guys ride into riots on horseback with sabers. (laughs) (laughs) And polo sticks? (laughs) Huzzah! Back to your domiciles. Shit. Uh, Whose turn is it? Uh, Do you have any more about the Mulan? No, that's it. All right. (laughs) Adam made us talk about riots and stuff. Yeah, oh lord. Um, So I'm going to talk about the Gur. Terry's um. <laughs> so pissed about the names that you got. Wait till he sees the one after this. <laughs> You're gonna love it. It's gonna be great. Um, so they're also known as Saloon's children or people of the highway is what they like to be called. Um, they are related to the Rashemi, it's like they're direct descendants of. They're stout and dusky skinned and very dark haired. Um, they are strong worshippers of the moon goddess. Um, so they do have a religion that they follow really deeply. Um, and so these guys, though, they're kind of divided into two very main, um, standards of living. So one is they travel through the Western heartlands and then those that are living within the savage frontier. So the Western heartlands were a narrow strip of civilizations kind of running through the sunset mountains to the sea of swords. Um, and 
they kind of resemble Roma travelers. So that's the kind of society they live. They travel, they um, set up their shops as they go for sellings. Um, it's not uncommon for them to do um, divine um, like readings, that kind of stuff. Are we putting these guys in the same sort of, I hate to use this, racial categories, the Vistani from Curse of Strahd? That's kind of how I read them. Because even if you read their kind of names, like their names are Boriv, Gardar, Madavik, mm. Vlad, Vara, Olara. Okay, so, yeah, all right. Yeah, so if you're thinking Vistani for, yes, yeah. absolutely, that's where they would fit. Um, and then the... Um, the Savage Frontier for the other ones is just kind of like those that have not settled anywhere. They just kind of live in the north and they just kind of roam around within the north. They don't really have a, what this is like the wildlings of the north for this archetype. Yeah. Um, so due to worshipping the Moon Maiden or Ceylon, um, it is very common for these humans to be skilled in divining or soothsaying. So it's kind of what I was saying. Well, it's not uncommon for them to set up a booth for predicting the future or so on and so forth. Um, so I kind of see these would be commonly like your sorcerers or warlocks or even weirdly like paladins because they are very righteous to there. They wouldn't be necessarily fighters, but I could see them being on that divine, maybe cleric side of things. Well, if they, well, you're saying worshipping the moon and divine. Well, that sounds to me like druids. Druids yeah. could be, yeah, for sure. Yeah, more of that nature side of things. Yeah, okay. But yeah, so that's kind of them. Okay. Um, these are the people that are going to... They're, they're going to walk up and stroke the side of your face and say, Thinner. You'll be in a, you'll be in a bad Stephen yeah. King movie. That'll, and that'll be my character that they do that to. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah. Absolutely no doubt. Absolutely. But I could see these ones also being the ones that if you were traveling through like a market or something and you came across them, they would offer their divine services or what have you because that's what they like to do. Okay. They would swindle. They mm. would try and get as much out of you as they probably could because they're travelers. They have to. I'd be buying a lot of Heather. I think. <laughs> Where'd you meet her? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, that's kind of how I see them. Another type of, like, hippie archetype, but more of the religious side of things. Yeah, yeah, I I see what you're saying about it, but not so much hippie for me, because hippie is like a modern thing where they've decided that they kind of fit that, but this is more like traditional, right? It's passed down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I like that. I think that's really flavorful. Uh, Obviously, the Tetherians left me fucking cold. Right on on flavor, but you guys, I I like that one in particular. I could I could make a. You could build yeah. a really good character with. It's a very simplistic background. It's not too detailed. There is a lot of like their history and the battles and the wars that yeah. they fought, that kind of stuff. But when you get down to just the basic nitty gritty of like their lifestyle and how they operate and how they would probably communicate with another person, mm-hmm. you could build a very specific character out of this and I'd, still add flavor to it. I would give everyone from this uh, thieves can't. Or, or druid craft to be able to communicate kind of yeah. like across yeah. the market with each other. Yeah. Or just right? the spell of tongues right away because yeah. they travel so much. They interact with different humans. They probably understand communication a little bit better than yeah. any other yeah. human archetype. So, yeah. That was fun. Um, my next one is uh, is the Tigua, uh, Twigan. Tigan. Tigwan. There's no, they're using the wrong place. Tujuan. Twigan. Twigan. Tujan. I wouldn't say the U. Anyway. That's more French. Yeah. Tujan. Tujan. You'll say it exactly as they say, but they'll still correct. Tujan. Tujan. No, 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 no. Tujan. Tujan. No, 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 no. Tujan. Tujan. I just want you to do that for the rest of the podcast. We've got another. 
A half hour to go, Terry. That's my life. Other sidebar. Okay, so obviously I'm trying to learn French. I'm a French girlfriend. Um, and I, if I can't remember something, I'll just try and describe it. Or I'll be, I'd be adamant of whatever. And yesterday I asked her if she wants to, if she wants anything from the machine of hot bread, which was the toaster, because <laughs> I remembered it incorrectly. Um, yeah. And I said that while she was on phone with her mom, who was speaking, and I was like, uh, the, the machine of pain show. And she, everybody erupted in laughing. And don't try and learn another language, because it's fucking horrendous. In the body, <laughs> is, the, is the lesson there. Okay. Thank you for trying. <laughs> um, anyway, the the two again. I'm gonna say it just as just as white as possible. The two again um, are uh, a nomadic horde from the plains between Faerun and Karator, which is called the Horde Lands. I was very disappointed when I saw the spelling for Horde Lands. Um, they once ruled Faerun under a conqueror known as Yamin Kahan before a coalition of armies overthrew them. Um, so. These guys are, they've got a kind of deep, rich history. They're, they are a nomadic, like I said, horde. This is really straightforward to me about where they're getting the inspiration from this mm. one. This is Genghis Khan. This is the Attila the Hun. These are Huns or Mongols. or you. They're occasionally still seen in the Sword Coast, but very infrequently. They come from the east and they, it even says, they resemble the Shu, but with darker and broader features. So that says to me Siberia, uh, Mongolia, mm-hmm. like that's that's kind of the direction I think that they're strongly freaking hinting at. Yeah. And again, I didn't feel like I needed this strong racial tie mm-hmm. to this, right? Um, there's not much more about, there's a ton of stuff online about them, but it gets into a lot of dynasty and, and who who was overthrown by whom and then who got revenged by someone else. And I just like, there was a lot of reading about these guys, but there's very little in the fifth edition uh, material. So mm-hmm. yeah. I have the Rashimi most often found east of the inner sea and often intermingled with the Mulan. Rashimis tend to be short, stout, and muscular. They usually have dusky skin, dark eyes, and thick black hair. So they're from a harsh, cold land filled with hardy folk. Uh, Rashimon is a fiercely traditional nation. It is ruled by its iron lord. The nation's warriors are fierce, stoic, farmed... Oh, sorry, sorry. Famed, not farmed for their strength. They're famed for their strength, endurance, and stubbornness in battle. Uh, Rashimon is a long-standing enemy of Thay and has often thwarted the nation's ambitions to rule Faerun. Okay, so... Basically, we're seeing short, stoic, ag- aggressive, very tough people that live in harsh, cold, mountainous environments. Because they're, they have darker hair, typically, and duskier skin, I, I went... Initially, I was, like, Russian at first, but then it didn't seem to be that way. And then I thought more like, like, Dagestan, which is, like, ruled by Russia currently, but it's, like, very... Um, like, a very Muslim sort of country. Okay. So it makes sense to have... And they have mountainous, harsh, mountains, cold environments. Yeah. Uh, but they, they have that Russian sort of um, flavor added to them. But to, but to look at, they would be darker and, and duskier in skin and darker in hair. Hmm. Uh, but very harsh environment. So I think kind of... Um, I guess barbarian. I don't think rage. I just think... St- Stubbornness, so maybe general fighter. fighters. Yeah, you know, I was just yeah. talking about the nomadic horde, and I'm like, oh, that one's barbarian. I keep thinking barbarian. There's a lot of nomadic tribe barbarian yeah. crap yeah. littered all through like this. Battle master, right? Just mounted combat. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. stubborn. Yeah, champion. Yeah. yeah, taking the feet, just mounted combat. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Done. Yeah. <laughs> made it. <laughs> uh, my next one's a little bit meatier. Um, you're gonna love this name, Terry. They're called the folk. 
So that's, that's slang for people. So they're um, called the people. No, no, there's two Fs there's in There's two folk. Fs. It's oh. so it's folk. folk. Yeah. These people. <laughs> the, the second F is for fuck. <laughs> um, so these guys were thought to be descendants of the Tethurian folks. Um, and Ooh, they, those are mine. There you go. Yeah. Um, but they settled on the Moonshay Islands, which is kind of the southwest corner um, in this this sword sea or whatever. Yeah. Shall you, in right off area. the sword coast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this kind of consists of a bunch of little different islands, which I found in reading each island has its own issues, its own politics, its own problems. So I could go into detail about a lot of them, but I'll kind of detail a few of the ones that I kind of enjoyed. Um, but to also note that like the northern islands are owned by the Northlanders, so they almost share a border within these smaller island clusters. So um, they do have a deep respect for nature and are primarily farmers worshipping a goddess um, of the earth. They actually call her the Earth Mother. So, yes, that checks out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They are thought to be druidic in nature. So if you're thinking druids, this is definitely... You get all druids. I know, like earth. Or I think it's like, because if you think about the the map in which most of mine come from, it is definitely the southwest, which I feel like they're all more nature-based. I tried to kind of split us up a little bit when I was assigning these, but... For but fuck's sakes. Uh, it's hard enough. There's yeah. so much stuff to read about that doing yeah. a quick scan was was almost impossible. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, due to being very coastal and being within the waters, they're actually revered for their shipbuilding skills. Their so, ship building? Ship building skills. <laughs> did, did not hear the P. Uh, yeah. Shit they're building skills. They're known for their shipbuilding skills. Their skills. Yeah, no, skills. <laughs> they build down. their ships well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, especially known for like high seas, high seas sailing boats. So yeah. like the ones that can handle the rough waters, right? Okay. Um, so if I'm going to talk about the clusters of islands, the main one in the center is called Gwyneth, um, which is actually run by High Lady Odolph. Um, and this island over time actually became very fae-like, um, and magical in nature. So it, it became a common meeting ground for like druids for ceremonies and it had a central citadel. So if you're thinking of very druidic area... This, this little tiny island in the center is definitely the, the centerpiece of that. Um, and then to the east, Alaron, is just a little tiny strip of island right beside, is actually ruled by the High King um, Derek Ken- Derid Kendrick. Um, and these islands are kind of more forested in nature. So in fact, their woods are kind of like the lost woods. So if you go in there, you will get lost. You will die. That is kind of the thought. Oh, okay. It's very strongholdy. Um, so he lives there, um, and he actually wants control of the citadel um, on Gwyneth and establish it more of as an embassy and just kind of run the whole cluster. It's kind of his goal in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but she won't give him permission, which I think is hilarious. He's like, I want it. She's like, no. <laughs> and I enjoy that a lot. Um, so this could actually lead to a lot of really cool, what I thought, like plot hooks for players. Mm-hmm. If they ended up finding themselves on that coast or in that area or a- on any of these islands, a lot of them actually support Dedrick in his, or did, what, oh, God damn it. Derrid. 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 David. Derrid. Daffid. <laughs> Daffid. Yeah. Um, support him in his claim. So it's almost like this tiny Gwyneth Island in the middle is being run by Odolf and then almost the, uh, the I'm sorry, by Odolf? Odolf. Odolf? He's not frozen, isn't he? <laughs> that, that was not the Odolf I was afraid of. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lady, just, hi, Lady Odolf. Right, right, okay, yep. Yeah. Um, and then the islands surrounding here are kind of wanting it to all be run by this other high king. So I feel like this is like a good 
standpoint or place of almost like your Princess Mononoke, we want to keep this forest sacred, and the ones on the outsides are wanting to ruin what we have here on this tiny forest. Is this island. Hawaii? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like like Pacific Islands with the almost uh, like Caribbean maybe. Mm. Yeah. Uh, if we look at their names, they're very they're generic. Like their names are Archer, Gareth, Lead, Kendrick, Morgan, Waters. Okay, so not at all. Yeah, what I this is said. more like your generic human name yeah. almost. Yeah. So the Jeffrey. Jeffrey Andrew, probably. Michael. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all from all from different. Sean. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like that's one of the main pieces when it comes to these islands is this war between these two large powerhouses. Yeah. Um, one of the things to kind of keynote is that Snowden, which is down below, um, the two of them, um, was taken by possession by Alm, which is right on the coast. Okay. Um, and they actually stripped the island of its materials. So they... (laughs) Took all the trees. They took all any kind of material they could take. They stripped it. Standard. Um, and then the people that lived L- on that island. L- listen, British. Yeah. Yeah. Discovery <laughs> country. So it was uh, owned by someone on Alm called Lady Eliza, who was also known as Bloody Eliza, because she basically demolished this entire island. Hmm. And they actually revolted and rebelled against her. And it's almost at the point where Alm wants to get rid of the island. So there's a lot of conflict between the actual coast and this one tiny island that's a part of this moon okay. cluster. So there's a lot of war going on between every single tiny island. Like even one of the smaller islands, uh, what is it called? Moray, um, is one of the ones that would like to see the, the uh, High King be successful in his endeavors. But it's also at war with itself. So it can't even keep its ports open. So it has because a civil keep... war and an international and, war. Yeah. And so they want to keep their ports open, war. but they can't because they're fighting with each other. So they're not able to get supplies. They're just like, a, they're killing themselves almost. And they're on the top, like, northeast section. So they're the farthest away from the person they're supporting. So oh. it's a very weird place it's, to be. It's I, I would like to see a campaign setting... Like here. an adventure I model would, here. Well, yeah. I would too, because there's so much variety. I would like a campaign setting where it, it's it's say at the end of one campaign, you like you start up again on another island on like the another side, yeah, and kind of play this war from the other side. I yeah. would like that. Yeah, in Dragon Heist, depending on which season you start in, you get a different story. I love that. Um, so I like the idea of you being able to see the war from four or five different sides. Yeah, yeah. In here, in, in these islands, that it, sounds a lot of fun. It gives you the opportunity to pl- to play on things like propaganda. Yeah. yeah. Right. To see it from both sides. Yeah. No, it's really cool, and even like this one of the smallest items called Snowdown. Um, sorry, that was the one I talked about before, but um, Oman's Isle, which is on the southwest side um they used to be they used to look like a shire and then all of a sudden they got taken over by giants that now won't let anyone on the island they just throw rocks at people before they can get to the island so you can't even get to that island as giants do giants yeah. Bastards. Yeah. they don't even know what they're just doing because it's funny <laughs> but like it's just so... big splash yeah. <laughs> so, oh. but like it's just so weird to look at the cluster of islands see how close together they are and how different they interact with each other yeah. so i would love to see a campaign in this world and again who you're going to side with. I feel with. like you can put a lot of lessons in this A lot campaign, of life lessons. You know? yeah. We don't like them because they're different. Yeah. We don't understand <laughs> them. But it's all the same um, sub-race of humans. 
It's all the same. They're just yeah. warring with themselves. Warring with, these, warring with themselves. Yeah. So, but Most of them yeah. probably don't even know why they're doing it anymore. No. They're just like, this is the normal for us, right? I feel like the it's all... closed again today. <laughs> Shit. Oh, I feel like it's like, it's like ancient um, Mediterranean yeah. where all of the different uh, countries and nations around the sea would have naval warfare with each other all of the time. But Yeah. Um, my next one is called the Tarami. Um, they are native to the southern shore of the Inner Sea. So we're back at the Inner Sea again. Um, they're tall and muscular with mahogany skin, curly black hair, and dark eyes. And that's what you get. Nice. Just kind of imagining curly-haired Samoan people. Well, it's funny because when you look at, at the names that you get, they're a little bit Spanish. Mm. So I'm starting to feel like this is your Central America. Oh yeah, um, kind of feel. So um, not not Spain necessarily, but like Mexican Spanish or Latino or um, and that's. But again, like mahogany skin, curly black hair, and dark. We can can we not just do we have ah, fuck? Mm-hmm. This is Dungeons and Dragons where we can get creative from from different norms that we see in our world so you could have you could have dark skin and blue eyes in this and world. we yet, can be creative here. yeah 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 we're not right and so this is one of the things that i would like in sixth edition if it ever comes yes i want a solid mixing and matching of hey how about just humans do not know the size or build or color of the baby until it's born that's one of the things uh, about humans yeah. hmm. Right, and then you can have each one of these things be a nation, right, or a kingdom, and we don't have to worry about the rest of that shit. To, like to your point, just a background at some point. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. And then you have random tables to roll on to find out what color your eyes or your hair or your just skin. like how like the tieflings. Yeah, yeah. right. Like why? Anyway, anyway. Truth. That's, that's yeah. me. What do you have? That was a that was a tarami. Well, you were all just hanging on by a fucking. <laughs> so I was ready for something big. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, this is my. We're on the final ones now, right? This is I've got. Life. I've got one he more. He has one more this. than we yeah. do. Yeah. Okay, I, I have the. There's so many ways we can say this. You could. It could be the the Ulatian, the Ulatian, Ulatian. Uh, no, there's like three ways you can say Ulatian. it. <laughs> Ulatian. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna go with uh, Ulatian. Okay, the Eulishans are short, dark-haired, golden-skinned people who originated in northern Karator and migrated westward to Icewind Dale uh, and other cold lands near the endless ice sea. They're hunters and gatherers. Uh, Eulishans live in small tribes that have managed to survive in one of the harshest environments in the world, Winnipeg. Each has only a single name, <laughs> sometimes handed down from one's parent. Eulishans don't use surnames. Okay, so their names are male names, Amak, Chu, Imnek, Kanut, Siku, female, Akna, China, Kaya, Sedna. Oh, are these uh, are, are these your um, Inuit? Well, maybe because well, so where they're originally from, Karatur. I'll talk about that, and then we can talk about Icewind Dale, where they migrated to, because they're not really from there. They just kind of ended up there. So Karatur, far to the east, past the wastes of the Hordelands, lie the empires of the Shaolung Kozakura. Wa and the other lands of the vast continent of Karatur. Um, to most people of Faerun, Karatur is like another world, and the tales told by travelers from its nations seem to confirm it. The gods of the humans worship the Faerun are, are unknown there, and are common people such as gnomes, orcs, blah, 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 blah. Okay, there's like crazy dragons that are not chromatic and not metallic. It's just a very weird, strange place where it almost seems like an alien planet. Uh, to everybody else. But I feel like that's how Europeans thought of Asia, though, back in like the year 900. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, right. Just simple things of how they they their, their custom of drinking. Well, we talk about Europeans. Their custom of how they drink their tea is very different to us. We can't trust them. It's weird. Uh, it's kind of like that. milk. Get out of here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do not put the milk in first. <laughs> Um, but every, then, every time someone asks me, "Do you want me to leave the tea bag in?" I feel like it's a test. Yes, and, and I don't know how to answer that test, so I just say no, thank you. And and good call. Yeah, safe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Very awkward about this. No, thank you. Say so let it steep then. No, thank you. Okay. Um, but they migrated to Icewind Dale. Okay. They, so the Icewind Dale. As it's described, if you go far enough north, you will come to the mountains, rightly called the spine of the world. Turn west and go towards the sea of moving ice, as though it's Google Maps. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Turn west and go towards the sea of moving ice. Stay in the right-hand lane and merge. This was uh, Google Maps back in the day, though. <laughs> this was MapQuest. Yeah, yeah you'll, eventually, you'll eventually come across these, these scattered uh, communities in these very harsh, cold environments where it's, like, so far... These, these are the wildlings. But it's like, why mm. do you keep going? Which is kind of what I think about like Saskatchewan, right? Which is why places like Regina and Saskatoon live. Because I think the people that came from Europe just got so fucking sick of walking. They said, we're stopping here. And this <laughs> is why places like Winnipeg and Manitoba exist. Because people just didn't want to keep going. Um, <laughs> Tired. <laughs> so, like, I've got places on my feet and you're telling me there's fucking mountains in front of me? Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so for I don't know they kind of feel it kind of feels far eastern but no what did you say kind of Inuit I, yeah I said Inuit almost I'm just thinking about the smaller communities and the harsh and then in the harsh to moving towards winter yeah conditions. because it could be argued yeah. that yeah I guess kind of Inuit More right northern, that they like, just traveled the traveling people that kind of ended up here and they probably right just these are your Canadians <laughs> yeah these are Canadians <laughs> this is what America thinks is can is this is what yeah. the US America thinks, thinks there's so few is up here. That we do, that we don't have last names either. <laughs> do, do, do you know Jeff? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I know nine yes, of I them. Do. Of yeah. course, I know Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. He lives in wherever. Okay, okay. I do actually know that Jeff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is just a coincidence. Do, do you know Frank from Thunder Bay? Yeah, I do. <laughs> He's my uncle. Fuck. <laughs> uh, but that's them. I think I, I like. There's a little bit more to these, right? They're fleshed out. They're travelers. They're made their way from a from a, a very different environment to a very harsh, cold environment. But again, not creative with what they look like. We got a lot of duskier, dark skin tones and hair ranging from black to dark brown. And you know, we can yeah, uh, it's we've it's we've seen it, right? <sighs> yep. And I feel like these were added because they felt the need to, mm. right? Like yeah. this is being inclusive, but. Is it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. in my mind, I'm like, you could be any of hair color, eye color. Like, that stuff doesn't really... Yeah, they're forcing it. I think it... And But I think when you do it where you can just mix and match and kind of make, uh, you know, whatever you want for a human, uh, it just gives you a lot more freedom. And it, it allows you to be more creative and, and enjoy the game without worrying about getting it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, the big thing. We really just want to... 
we really just want to enjoy this game for the creativity that it brings without being like, holy shit, am I just going to offend the entire world here? Um, which is what these, like, the names, you know, they're they're just made to sound like certain cultures. And that can, it, it'll upset me if they made, if they said, like, Walliams instead of William, David Walliams is a famous comedian. But yeah, I actually, well, I, I rather like him. I, but, but he only did that because his name is actually David Williams. And he changed it to, to Walliams yeah. just to be different. But, I mean, that's the type of thing that you get in there, right? And it's just like, okay, well, what points for effort, I guess, you know? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, all right, so the last one that we have is... The Aleskans. These are um, one of the most well fleshed out um, of the human sub races. But we are running super long on this episode and I could talk forever about mm. it. So I'm going to give you guys kind of a brief uh, breakdown about them because there are straight up maps and uh, it gets into trading and fishing and what markets are like and the whole thing in the Sword Coast Adventures Guide. Mm. Um, but really quickly, these are tall, fair-skinned with blue or steely gray eyes. They've got raven black hair, but in the extreme northwest, they have lighter hair. They've all got Germanic-sounding names. They're all over the place. But the main area, like, they come from the islands over by um, kind of the Moonshade area, but not the Moonshade Islands. Um, they come from the islands of Whalebones and Ruathim Island. And so they've got more of these... This kind of like seafaring uh, feel to them. They founded a nation called Ilusk, but now it's called Luskin. And there's a lot of lore about how they've evolved and changed over time. And I feel like they're a bit of a pirate nation because they have, they're ruled by five sea captains ah. who actually have names and ships. And they, they run the entire community there. Um, there are, there's a lot of info about them but they're off the coast of, of the sword coast um so they're a little bit west and again you're getting sailors and merchants and i feel like you can make a strong case for almost any one of the backgrounds that you can find in the player's handbook um for the alaskans themselves hmm. so uh and you find them all over the place but you're dealing with your basic european germanic I ideals here yeah um so I don't have much more to say about them. There's a lot of in-world um, in history to them. But the way they are now is these guys are over here. They're doing this. They're pretty much everywhere. Like There's nothing really yeah. additional. Pirates. To, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so how do you guys feel about that? About this, this, this entire long list of different sub-races of humans. Maggie, do you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've really hit the nail on. Like we were hitting the same point over and over again with these, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a fan of variety. I just think we can just uh, just go about it a little bit better. But that's what I mean. I feel like the ones that they go into a lot of detail on, um, it's just so weird. The variety. There are some that you have years and years and years worth of lore, which are obviously character like carryovers from previous editions or previous books. Um, or even just Baldur's Gate written books, not even yeah. like D&D &D related specific mm. stuff. And then you get the ones that have three sentences and you're like, cool beans. Like, yeah. it's almost just like you're you're almost looking at your players and saying, these are the five that we want you to play, but we're going to throw these ones in here just for Th shit. These are our token races. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, to go at war with the ones that we've fleshed yeah. out. Right. So I like the fact that they do have such a broad spectrum that you could pick and choose from. So when you are building your character, you could go more into that history. Like when I built my first human character, I didn't look at any of this. 
Most people don't. And like, Most people have no, no idea. idea. Yeah. Mm. And they have no idea that any of this exists or any of this back history exists. They just make up their own shit because we're humans and we understand how humans work. So we make up our own stuff. I come from Waterdeep, Neverwinter, Icewind Dale. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. the small village of these seven letters thrown together that I just yeah. made up. Yeah. We never think of our ancestry. Whereas if you play an elf or if you play something like a more of a long winded history, you might read up where your God, what gods you like look into like yeah. that kind of stuff whereas humans we just kind of make it up as we go so knowing that there's this much here we're is almost interesting. more defined as players when we look at it we're more defined by our backgrounds than the racial history when we play a human yeah right yeah. and that's not true for anybody else yeah right so yeah. it's just it's very strange they go into so much detail would this give you analysis paralysis if you just flipped open and saw this much information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but I think for me, I would likely have an, a rough idea of where I, I want to go anyway, based on the, these cultures on like Earth. And be yeah. like, oh, I might go kind of like Middle Eastern, or I might go, you know, Far East or something. Yeah. And yeah. then just kind of hone in on whichever one seemed to work for that. That's probably the way yeah. I do it. It's interesting to me that I didn't find, as I'm sitting there, I said earlier, I'm, I'm checking off places in the globe, like, okay, included this, included this. There are some glaring omissions like South America, yeah. Africa, Australia, mm. right? Although I did just talk about a pirate nation, so maybe that's covered. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, but like, it, was there is there anything there that you're you find is super glaringly like, omitted, or did they did they do too much? Remember, Dan said that the more uh, the more inclusive you try to be with some things, the more you're excluding others. Yeah. Right? I think like, that's the piece of it is that because we can pinpoint in our minds we might we might be right we might not be right of what they were thinking when they were developing these yeah so it's hard to say what they were trying to be inclusive of and what they weren't and yeah. if they purposefully did omit or if they tried to make it as gray area as possible so that they you didn't pinpoint that they were trying to say this place yeah well, like, shoe excluded it's kind of like <laughs> right. the, yeah it's the it's the more you know, the, the more you put in there, the more you're excluding other people. But it's kind of like, and I'll just do it in the reverse order. It's kind of like, uh, I'll do it as it, from England, how we are, without with soccer. It's like, England has a rivalry, rivalry with Wales and Scotland until the rest of Europe gets involved. And then we're the UK, then fuck those guys. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then we're Europe, fuck North America. And then it's like, whatever. And then you just keep building up. So it's like, the more you kind of hone in on some area, you can be like, okay, well, let's do the European nations. And Sweden's going, well, what the fuck? What, we, we're Sweden. We're not Denmark. We're differently. We're not Norway. You know? You yeah. go, okay, well, there's Great Britain. And I'm, Wales is going, no, 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 we're not like I'm that. I'm like that in my personal life, though, right? Like, I will rip on my brother like nobody's business. But if any of my friends do it, no, fuck off. Yeah. That's my brother. Leave him alone. But... And so I will fight my friends on that. But if someone else, if a stranger, because that my friends, we're all on the same side. Fuck that guy over there. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so like, and it just keeps. It's like, going to keep happening. Right? Yeah. As you kind of zoom in on the map, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Even in my hometown back in the UK, there's 5,000 people there, but there's West Mask well, and there's East Mask. 4,999 <laughs> now, Terry. You're over here. Now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But there is something to be said from the DM side of things that I feel like if you were not a very good world builder. Like, the human backgrounds and the human, like, where they came from, where they traveled, what they're doing, is a good starting off point. Like, as we just said, you could do a whole campaign on the Moonshay Islands and that's it. Yeah. You could do an entire campaign on, like, the southeast but coast. But these right? are geogra- geographical areas. These are kingdoms. These are not races and people. And I feel like that's what they should have focused on. Yeah. Is look at these kingdoms. We will not describe what they look like. Mm-hmm. 
do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Right? You make your own choice for what this is, but here is the overall flavor. And let's not use words um, like uh, like chic, for example. Really yeah. did give me the the Persian vibe. Like, can we... And e- even dukes feel like... Yeah, European, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we should have things like... Like leaders, sub leaders, advisors, and it's up to the DM to fill in those details. Right? Yeah, for their own world building, like almost like a build your own world building, build your own human. Yep, and yeah. I think that that's uh, that's what we should have had instead of the really short and kind of weirdly generic, but also oddly specific mm-hmm. Sword Coast Adventures guide. Which... <laughs> Three sentences of confusion. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, let's cut real quickly to a uh, shout out, and then we'll move on to the very last bit. I know we're running long, but but uh, I want to talk about role-playing and, and being players for a moment. Me too. Hey, everybody. Coffee Bitch Dave here. I have some exciting news for you. You guys are not going to believe this, and Dan is going to be so, so happy. He is going to be thinking about this when he's in the shower for the next six months, okay? It is official. My 3.5 people are moving over to 5th edition. We're actually going to start here in the next little bit, and uh, I'm hoping that it's going to be great. Uh, As most of you know, there are some big improvements, and they're finally, finally coming over and going to give this a try. So I just want to thank my guys, Sean, Nabila, uh, Anthony, Guppy, and we've got a new guy joining us for our 5th edition uh, campaign. His name is Kyle. I just want to welcome you guys all to the wonderful world of 5th edition and remind you that you guys have been wrong for so, 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 so long. And now, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Okay, guys, so really quickly, let's grab our dice again. I want to talk about role-playing tips first, okay? Sure. When you are playing a human, how do you do that? Fuck. <laughs> no, I've got good oh, nat oh. 20. Se- I got a 17 and still didn't get to go first. I got a three. So um, I have literally no input on this. A human can be absolutely anything, and the reason that I like injecting humans as NPCs, specifically because that's my life um it always ends up being um the more complicated character than if i had chosen like a dwarf or a gnome those ones are pigeonholed into exactly what you expect i may subvert the expectations sometimes but if i can sit down and have a an, a political argument around a table at a D session between a bunch of like players and npcs and whatnot they will all be humans yeah. I'm not going to sit down and have the, the left-wing and right-wing dwarves that are sitting there. <laughs> like it, it, It's going to be the humans that are arguing from different perspectives because they're so well-rounded and yet also undefined, right? Yeah. And so they've really hit a unique blend of too generic and too specific at the same time. So I can almost mix and match as I, as I please. Yeah. So from a role-playing perspective, really... There's no funny voice. There's no funny accent. There's no... Uh, I'm not sitting there railing about my axe or my my dwarven helm or any of that. It's just very much what is the specific details of this person. Also, DMs, if you're listening and you want to really pull on the heartstrings of the people around you, you want to put a child in danger, make them human. People can understand that. It is a quick touchstone 
that they can get right off the bat. That's true. Right? So if you decide that you're going to put goblin children in, in trouble, there will be at least one person at the table that goes, yeah, well, but fuck the goblins, right? Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> right? And, and I, I feel like I tried to be that person, but I just got it out. Like, you don't hurt the goblin child. Uh, I just ran a one shot where they went into a kobold warren and they found the breeding pits and there was a kobold who was giving birth in there while everybody else left. And, and so she couldn't leave. And they were supposed to ask her for information. And she was going to be completely upfront and honest with them because she is prone. There's nothing she can do. She's actively laying fucking eggs. Yeah. And it was, yeah, like this intense, crazy <laughs> moment. Um, and uh, and the players just started stomping on eggs until she said what they wanted. And I'm no. like, motherfuck. That wow. is great. Right. But if that had been humans, right, they would not have done that. Yeah. So. Was this your group, Megan? No, it was not. Uh, yes, it was, but you left oh, that I did, group. Yeah, I did not you, go. You bailed last minute, which... I knew this was coming, so I was yeah. like, I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to do it. So, so I'll if, just text them what to do. Yeah, so if stomp you, on the eggs. <laughs> if, if you want them to be a little bit more moral, you've got to show them something they're familiar with mm. right up front, so they're not going to wonder, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're evil, so who gives a shit? It's, it's a good action to kill evil things, right? Yeah. yeah. So True. that's a whole new can <laughs> of worms, but just as a quick shorthand for DMs, Humans are a simple way to get a simple point across. Yes. Hmm. I think for me, because you're right, Adam, they're so well-rounded, is is to remember how you're going to be viewed by the other races. Okay, so humans are going to be viewed by the other races as almost juvenile, I think. Almost as though you're having a very, very serious conversation and there's a 14-year-old that keeps interjecting, where it's like, okay, look, your opinion kind of matters, but also to us, you don't seem that educated on this. We've been around for a long time. You've been at this job for like, what, 10 minutes? Yeah, yeah. like, okay, come on, we've seen some things. Like, I appreciate your, your, yes, you're a young adult, I get it, but, you know. I hear your viewpoint. Yeah. These, are, these are the 14-year-olds that are really railing hard on Facebook to go vote. Your yeah. voice matters. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, bud. I love that you're trying. Yeah. yeah. But also uh, is to remember that humans are driven by how much they can change the world. And the other races are going to be driven by how much they can preserve what currently exists. For example, humans see a beautiful mountain range and say, why don't we carve some faces in it? And the elves and the dwarves are going to go, please don't do that. And they're going to go, no, we're going to carve our favorite people's faces in it. So remember that is as a human, you're going to be looking for opportunities to change and make an impact and do something memorable. I feel like you're going to start a guild when you're a human, right? Like you're going to, you're going to try to put together a crew of people. People will know me. And yeah, whereas the the dwarves and the elves and the, you know, the other sort of core, core races are going to be trying to preserve their history, not, uh, not change it so that 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 individual is remembered. Mm. Um, I feel along that same train when it comes to like the just the general role playing and the day to day interactions. Something you have to do with your human, you you almost have to clearly define their goals, what they're looking for, what they want, how they're going to interact with other people, so that your role playing one on one is a little bit easier. So if you're in a group of people that are all different kinds of races and species you know how your character is going to react to that. So like if a dragon appears in front of you, you've never seen one and you're a tiny little human who's only been alive for 14 years, you've never seen one, you're yeah. probably going to be a little bit more afraid than the elf who's been around and seen a thousand dragons in his you, life. You know, I love DMing new players because they have legitimate reactions. I describe a black pudding and they're like, oh my God, what is this? It's, it. There's acid, right? And I feel like that's humans yes. in the D&D world. And that was, uh, that was 
not Dan's fault, bless him, but that was always the thing I did say. Dan, don't tell me the name of the monster yeah. when Adam starts describing it because I don't know what it is. Okay? Yeah. And I have this genuine sense of wonder. Yeah, I love it. There's always that one guy that tells me, like, I know exactly what this is. And oh you're like, God. okay, well, then shut up for 10 minutes oh while I God. figure this Black out for pudding. myself. Okay, don't stab it. Right. <laughs> don't stab it. Don't get anywhere near it. It's got like a 10 foot cake. Can you shut up? I yeah. want to actually enjoy this and interact. And the DMs will be like, can you shut the fuck up? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Like, but again, I feel like that's how humans are. So if you clearly define your goals, what you want, what your experience in life is, it's going to make those interactions a little bit easier and a little bit more lifelike and real. Yeah. Like you as a human of only 16, like my human character was 22. She knows shit. <laughs> <laughs> and she experienced a lot yeah. in a very short period of time. But that I feel is what humans are because they know that that's all they're going to experience. Yeah. So and, they're going to revel it and they're going to love it. And in a medieval time too, 22 is middle-aged. Yeah. Right. Like you've been an adult for nearly a decade. Yeah. yeah. You're you're almost done. Yeah. You're you're you're, uh, you're having your tenth wedding anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh dear. But yeah, I feel like that's. Never mind. Humans are fucked up. Don't play a human. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they're they are the hardest and yet one of the easiest ones to play, depending on how detailed you get into why your character is doing what mm -hmm. it's doing. So There's I, a really weird dichotomy to this, isn't there? Yeah. Like, yeah. So at the same time, I want to say it's a really good intro character to play because you as a human kind of understand humans and how they operate. But at the same time, you as a human don't know how you're going to react when you see a fucking dragon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like elves. It's like you can be like whatever they do. You're like, oh, that's so elvish. But it's like uh, Is a, it? <laughs> a human to fight for a cause. You're like, oh, that's so human. But a human to also kill a baby. You're like, that's so human. That's well. very human as well. Yeah. So, so, typical human. Yeah. You can almost make any choice that you want. But you will be clearly defined as that character when yeah. you make that choice. You don't have another 600 years to change it. Mm -hmm. so. so do you guys have a uh, single NPC idea for a human? Sure. Should we go same order? Yeah, let's go the same order. So you can go first. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I've been holding back on this for the entire episode. But mm. humans are your cultists, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? I, I don't think I need to say any more than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I never thought about it like that. Like when you have a there's cultist. No, there's no elf that suddenly goes, do you know what? You're right. That might be the answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Humans, yes. <laughs> you do have the occasional like, oh, he's the he's a dwarf that prays to this demon lord or whatever. But he stands out as specifically being a dwarf that does this. That's unique and and strange, and we we remember him. Yeah. But your generic cultist number three is just a bald human in a black robe with a wand. Said, yeah. Right. With a different accent color depending on who it is. Yeah. 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 He's he's a second level laser lotus, so he's got <laughs> he's got like blue trim on the black robe. So, yeah. but that's that's what it is. That's they're cultists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the idea of an NPC that kind of plays on the chaotic nature of humans and that their ideologies and their opinions are always sort of changing. In very recent history, we think it's only a couple of decades ago that we, everybody knew that we didn't like these people and how you did, how dare you be in love with another man, burn him. And now we're like, no, like it's, it changed. But I like the idea of an NPC that will kind of embody that. And I kind of uh, take it from a friend of mine from years ago, back in uh, 2013, she was the person that, you know, woke up with the gluten allergy and then she kind of did CrossFit for a bit and then she went and did slime. Climbing, and then she played disc golf and if you didn't know what disc golf was you were lame and then she was kind of rock climbing and then kind of changed all the time and i want that in an npc somebody who every time you come back to town they've got a new hobby well humans <laughs> no that the changes their ideology all the time because humans are are stubborn but are also easily influenced Mm -hmm. So it's I've, I've influenced you. They they meet Brandon, who's a white guy with dreadlocks, and he convinces them to become vegan. 
And so now that's what they do. No, no, no. And now we're over here. No, but then all of a sudden they're paleo because we're, we're easily influenced, but we're also very stubborn. And I want that in an NPC. I, now I want to combine the two and I want to have the cultist that was, that just like immediately goes, okay, uh, hands up. I do not want to die for this shit. I just got suckered in by it. I'm going to go. Thanks very much. And they let him go. Yeah. And then the next time that they find a different cult, it's the same guy going, you guys, <laughs> Hey, am I doing it right? No yeah. shit. Okay. All right. I'm just going to leave hands in the air. That's it. I'm walking away. Yeah. And every time that you come to a new kingdom, it is the same NPC wearing a different hat or different flag. Yes, or right. it's, like, it's, yeah. it's flying a different flag. Exactly. Yeah. It. Okay. We've decided that although we're going to kill these people, it is wrong for us to eat them afterwards can we all agree on that yes okay we are for no, now we're now no longer eating them <laughs> oh my god i love it i like the idea of just like the small interactions like with your current team of like your rogue that's sneaking around and your paladin's like i can fucking do that just like starts trying to sneak around like like an asshole be like i'm really good i've watched you do it like twice which means i can really actually do it exactly. so i have heard players at the table say i've been in a party with the rogue now for three weeks can i have advantage on stealth and <laughs> I'm the sorry, answer sorry. is fucking no. No. <laughs> but that is the most human thing to do. That's yes. like being like, it's like going, uh, my uncle was like a Navy SEAL, so I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But as a DM, you're like, you can try. <laughs> Roll for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think for NPCs for humans, this is the perfect one to do that weird trope of because we hate each other as humans so we probably don't stay with our families for very long we'll leave and fuck off and do our own thing so this is the one where you will find the cousin or the brother or the sister of the same family line in every city you visit right so you'd have the same last name as your players ask for names but it'd be like oh you know my cousin in this city x y and z over here he's the merchant of that area but i'm the merchant here and i'm better than him so let me give you a better deal right this is the perfect trope to play on that because they'll want to travel they'll want to leave they'll want to do their own thing they'll go wherever they want but you'll meet this basically the same person Mm -hmm. thinking they're better than the last person you met yeah it's funny you say this, and now I remember that a couple of campaigns ago, I had one family, Jamie's character, Boar, really liked this guy. He was a butcher. And you guys saved him in the first session because there were a bunch of NPCs being attacked by direwolves. And he was with the group, and then and he had a nephew with him. And they were two refugee survivors. And then, then they founded a new town, and he became one of the bartenders. And then it was discovered that he had seven other uh, siblings littered around the... Uh, the map that you could go find and they they would have these little deals for you over here but every one of them was a different personality in mm-hmm. a different role and like none of they weren't all butchers they were all very different and they didn't like each other a lot of the time and we never got to explore it we only ever found one more right, right. and then that guy just died almost immediately <laughs> so i was i was really excited to play with that and now i'm thinking i should just do that with so many more humans yeah i thought at the time i was being unique but Again, very specific, but that's really generically human as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, very last thing then, do you have a character build that interests you? Like, I, we kind of went through this before. What is an interesting way of looking at a human for a player character? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to go first. Ask yourself. Yeah. God damn it. What uh, is your answer? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on, uh, on the cultist idea again. I'm going to go with uh, Warlock. I just see humans with the short lifespan... They are going to reach out and try to to gain as much power as possible for the least amount of effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Warlock makes a lot of sense. And if they've got a little bit of a longer sight, then they may go uh, Druid because of the extended lifespan that Druids get as well. Hmm. Right? But I think that they're going to look outside of society and what is okay to try to get that power grab and that long life and and see how things are working from that, from that angle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. True enough. Yeah. 
Me next, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I like the idea of a backstory for a human where, for whatever reason, they've either been resurrected or awakened or unpetrified or something. And so they're seen, they're presumed to be this very wise kind of character. Like, oh my God, you're from a thousand years ago. You must know some things. But they don't. They worked at J.J. Bean. But because we're humans and we're arrogant and we have yeah. to, we always have to try and find that little bit of power over somebody. They're like, yes, yes, I know a lot of things. And they would just make up things. And I can just imagine the DM leaning into that and like rolling history checks or rolling whatever. But really, it just it's like a performance check because you're just going to lie about stuff because you yeah. just want everybody else to be impressed by you because that's very human to do um, is to kind of we we inflate our egos, right? And we self-promote a lot. Um, that's why we have Instagram and that type of thing. So just, yeah, this idea of this human, which is trying to uh, make themselves more important because they've come from the before time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Really, they don't know Slightly anything. older but than really you. So. I've actually seen some things and yeah. we used to do it this way, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, the, I like the idea, too, if they don't have the answer, they just have the criticism. Like, oh, that's how you brew a potion? Okay. No, no, no. If it works for you, that's fine. That's fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they don't have an answer. They're, like, they're just trying yeah. to be important. I feel like in humans, the Steve skill of faking it till you make it is definitely yeah, yeah. how we roll 100%, 100%. as humans. And it's one of those things that all humans kind of agree on. That's absolutely right. Everybody should fake it till they make it. There's like 7 billion people walking around pretending to know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, that's me every day in my life. So I feel like that's something to play on a lot. So yeah. That would work I uh, was, um, one of the business accounts I look, I look after, uh, I was talking to, to the guy in charge there and you know how people like take advice and whatever. And I was like, you know, like my friend gave me this bit of advice and it's like a financial thing. And he was like, oh, is your friend a millionaire? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, don't listen to them. Don't listen to any of them on financial stuff. They don't know what they're talking about. And it's so <laughs> cute. I was like, and it kind of really resonated with me. I was like, most of us are just trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's, and, but it's so human to do. Let me give you a little bit of advice. Yeah. Okay? I've you got know? an answer for you. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. My car payment's late. But you should definitely invest in this. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Let me talk about investing, but I've never invested in anything in my life. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Um, my idea for like an, either an NPC or I really wanted to go in the direction of, we don't use humans enough as big, big bads, in my opinion. We right. always go towards your classic, like the dragon is evil or the warlock is after everyone or like the tiefling, the, the dark. It's, it's a lich. It's a drow. Something, yeah. Right. So why the hell can't a human be all of those things? Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, that is the direction they are going, whether yeah. they notice it or not. The evil Wizard of Oz. Right. So <laughs> if you were going to build a human character, I feel like you almost have to. And what I would want to do in my future is move away from my innate nature to want to make a better human than I am. Yeah. And just play into the fact that they are inherently evil. Yeah. Right? Um, so I would almost want to build a warrior or a fighter, that your generic human character. But to your point, Adam, they want that power quick, fast, build that warlock, what have you. But your goal is actually inherently evil. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you, I, like, I just, I've never, my personal self has never played a human character that way. I've always wanted to make a lawful good human to be a better person than I am. Mm. And I'm just like, fuck it. After reading all of this, I was like, no. I want to build a character that specifically is human in nature and human in nature is inherently evil. We destroy, we obliterate. We're greedy. We're greedy. We fake it till we make it on a regular basis. Like, I just want, I would want to play a character that just leaned into that. Because I think it would be difficult for me as a person because I would really, really want to continue to try and do good things. But really, you are not. What about, Megan, and I feel this needs to be asked, if you 
enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, okay. We don't need to make more Terry's in the world. <laughs> Listen, Slytherin, you need to calm the fuck down over there. I am definitely a Hufflepuff in yes. life. <laughs> <laughs> Can't make an omelet without cracking a few heads. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, now that I just feel bad about myself for being a human. Uh, that's it for this episode. The next time we circle back to discussing D&D races, we're going to be addressing half-elves. So, you know, a half-step better than human. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also find us at www.itsamimic.com or email us at info at itsamimic.com. Thanks for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast, and make sure to check us out next week when we're covering Sorcerers with a special guest star. Oh, hmm. is it me? No. No, you're not on that episode and you know it. <laughs> You've reached the end of another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. Connect with us at itsamimic.com. Don't forget to subscribe and hit those share buttons. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Okay, so we've been talking about freaking humans for way too long considering what the actual mechanical benefits are here. Um, in your opinion, guys, are there too many kinds of humans? Was this overkill for Forgotten Realms and D&D and Wizards of the Coast? Are you going first, Megan? Uh, I but could. Do you want to roll for it? Sure. I got seven. Eighteen. Fourteen. Yes, Sweet. you are going first. Um, I didn't realize there were other types of humans at first. As a D&D player, I said, cool, humans, this is what I am. I choose my own skin tone. I do my own thing. This is great. Yeah. I did not realize there was so much back history to being able to choose a different type of human. When I went into it, then I said to myself, this is too many. <laughs> but I, make, I guess it makes sense for us to try and make ourselves special snowflakes as humans. But at the same time, it was a lot. Yeah. I think who's going next? Adam. Oh uh, yeah, next? no, that's me. Um, I, I look at the the Shu or Shao. I'm never going to pronounce it right. Which is the Asian archetype, but it's very Chinese. And by by trying to be inclusive, they've excluded others as mm. well because there's yeah. no there's no Japanese, you know, variant. And I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing. You're trying to be as inclusive as inclusive as possible, but why not just write down. Here are the potential skin tones, hair colors, eye colors, mix and match, build your own. Yeah, yeah. Because, because then you're you're not only you simplifying it there, but you're also not um, mirroring something else and uh, probably inc- improperly, you know, and so it's a, it's a little bit of a safer option. Uh, because if you're doing something like you just said, like an Asian archetype, you know, for, for me as a Caucasian man... There are those safe accents to do when playing a character, and then those are the ones that I really should not attempt to do. I will do German and Russian all day, <laughs> exactly. and, and that, that, that's Irish. about as far south as I'm willing to go. That's it, exactly. Map, but yeah. sometimes I may, like, I'm watching all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies again recently, and I would love, like, a Calypso-type character, but I'm not going to try and pull that off. Because nope. I'm just going to massively offend a lot of people, and but when you when you mirror something so obviously, I think you uh, you're causing more problems than not because uh, you're right because you're discluding some people and you're also it's almost like you're setting people up for a trap as opposed to just saying here's a list of eye colors and skin tones mix and match uh, and go from there and don't try and mirror anything uh, in particular. No, I hear what you're saying, um, but why couldn't we have just called these kingdoms, peoples right. of kingdoms, and yeah. not. Not sub races. Yes, we need to stop saying race and start saying species. Yeah. in the first place. Yeah, or I, or I like the idea of like kingdoms or like you're part of this particular hierarchy or yeah. what have you. Yeah, right? yeah.
Perfect timing, whoever scheduled this episode. Jesus Christ. Dan. Just passing the buck on that one. I blame Dan. Give Dan five seconds of silence. Because he died. Don't you tease me like that, Fox? (laughs) Thank you for listening to an It's a Mimic production. (laughs) Okay, you're done, (laughs) Gary.